Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What time is it, Siobhan? Oh, God, I actually have no idea. Yes, you do, because you're the proud owner of a movement watch. <laughs> and that's who's bringing that, this very special episode of Serious Issues to you. If you don't have a watch on your hand and are therefore never aware of what time it is, yep. the only way to solve this problem is by going to mvmt.com slash Serious Issues for 15% off some incredible watches that you'll find out more about later in the show. Nice. Be more Let, aware. Let's get serious. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by your good friends over at King's Comics in Sydney. Uh, That address is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney, CBD. Yep. And uh, you can find every comic that we talk about either there in store or on their website, which is kingscomics.com. Mm-hmm. Siobhan, that's your name. It is. My you. name is Andrew. Hello. Hello, Andrew. Everyone calls me Levens, though. <laughs> <laughs> so forget the first thing I when said. When did you start get, getting called Levens? Was it like a high school thing? Did you so always it, have to be the guy in class being like, it says Andrew, but everyone calls me Levens? No, it's... Uh, actually, I, I did have to tell someone that this morning at, my, at, at gym. Um, but because uh-huh. uh, they started calling me Andy, and I'm like, no, 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 that's will not don't. do. Terrible. I mean, I'm, I have enough problems being called Andrew, but Andy yeah. is just no good. Um, but when I was in primary school, there were four Andrews in my year. So one got Classic. Andrew, one got Andy, one got Drew, and I got Levens. <laughs> and and like the biggest, um, like the biggest problem that we faced when uh, when when my wife fell pregnant was mm. fuck. What are we going to name this kid? That is cooler than Levens because Levens yeah. is actually a really cool and fun name to say. It is. So we went with Archie because that's like it seems like kind of like fun. Yeah, can Cute. be shortened to Arch. Yeah, that's nice. Maybe we get Chi. Oh, no, Probably, hopefully let's not. Hope not. Hopefully Levens over that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll check back in with everyone on that like fourteen years from now. I'll let you know what I, what my son gets called at, at school. Nice. Because um, we're holding him back <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Siobhan, what we do every single week on Serious Issues is read and review all of the comics that came out last week, let you know which were the good ones, which were the bad ones, and uh, which are the ones you should be reading right this very second. Uh, two very special people are responsible for this episode being brought to the world, and they are our patrons um, who signed up many months ago and are only now just getting a thank you because it's a long list of people to thank. And this week's people to thank are Jeremy Cushing and Greg Irwin. Thanks, guys. Greg Irwin, the long-lost uh, twin brother of Bindi Irwin, <laughs> daughter of the Crocodile Hunter. Nice. Is Bindi Irwin famous anywhere? 
I mean, even she's including the daughter Australia? of the crocodile hunter. I covered yeah. it. Yeah, but she's That's it. she's like an awkwardly hot teen now. Ugh. Have you seen like she? Because yeah, she was on Dancing, she was with, on the Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. She's extremely busty. Yeah, and wearing hectic. like like weird ballet outfits and stuff mm. like that when Dancing with the Stars. Anyway, that's your sister now, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, you had to find out here. Sorry, you had to find out your sister was hot like this. Jeremy Cushing, um, like any... Peter Cushing. That's right, Peter Cushing. Yeah, the, the, the other crocodile hunter. This is good. <laughs> hey, um, your his weirdly hot teenage daughter's long lost brother, Jeremy. Congratulations and thanks hey. so much for supporting the show. Thanks, guys. Um, we start every episode of Serious Issues by reviewing all the number one issues in a little segment that came uh, called the First Things First. I'm weirdly frazzled. Yeah. It's uh, a hot day. It, it's not really. It's no, quite it's nice. Really. It's really beautiful outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, get out there. Stop listening to a podcast in the dark and get out there in the sunshine. Yeah, but keep listening. Keep listening. Yeah. I, I, have, I have really cool uh, Bluetooth head, uh, earbuds now. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah. look really weird. They kind of look like you're wearing like, these weird fucked earrings. Yeah, you do look like a robot and it freaks me out. That's cool. Levens <laughs> <laughs> 2049. Um, so let's uh, let's kick things off with a little review of an image book that came out last week. Oh, good. Um, and that is a book called Maestros, uh, written and drawn by Steve Scross, who we last saw as the artist on the Brian K. Vaughan dr- uh, written book. Is it We Are on Guard or something? We, uh, we Stand on, we guard, stand on guard, which is the uh, Ask the Question What if Canada and America went to war? The answer, and, I can't remember. The answer, war. War. Um, and what it was written and drawn by Steve Scrooge with co- incredible colors by Dave Stewart and uh, I feel like Steve the lettering and design is like way more sophisticated on this book than We Stand on Guard was from an is art point fair? of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so Maestro's is uh, another high fantasy um, with a twist st- uh, yep. story from Image, but I really, really dug this one. Um, it was it's about uh, a, a young kind of a young wizard who's who, mm. who has been shunned from the the land of mystical fantasy that he's his father is from yep um and uh lives a life on earth where he you know is able to do small miracles for people and kind of just lives in the underworld and makes a living off doing dodgy magic at one point he gives a fat rich guy an enormous throbbing red boner <laughs> which uh yeah it's the biggest penis i've ever seen in a comic book i think no saga's there oh, have yeah. been way bigger dicks in Saga. Way bigger erect penises in yes, Saga? absolutely. Wasn't there, there was a really, like, the first page of one issue of Saga, wasn't there just, like, a full-page penis? Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, sure. All right, cool. Yeah. I will look, we'll have a sweepstakes at the end of the year. You'll be able to vote <laughs> the biggest erect penis we saw this year in comics. Our awards are going to be incredible this year. Can't wait. Um, but uh, upon finding out that his father has been crushed to death by a big, weird, magical troll... Yeah, um, and his entire family, including his father's many wives. Uh, it's uh, it's now up to um, this young kid who's now a, like a you know semi-functioning young adult mm-hmm. uh, to step up t- to his legacy. But instead of seeing his like you know struggles with with accepting his destiny, um, we kind of go back in time and see his almost kind of origin story and, and finding out who his father was and being taken to the land of magic that he's originally from. This was so fun. This was so fun. There's it like a hilarious incredible. talking sword. Well, I love that. That was my favorite part. Yeah. I love his mum. She's like cool as hell. Can we go back to the sword? At one yeah. point, the sword gets like, like falls on the ground and we have this great panel where a sword yells, fuck. And I was like, this, <laughs> this is why I read comics. <laughs> <laughs> this is for me. Excellent. Yeah, I love this. Like, there were so many funny moments. I like the bit where he's like, finds out that he's magic and he starts crying and he's like, I just, it's like I'm Jesus's cousin or something. 
It's very funny. It's very yeah. good. Really, really fun. And uh, yeah, like it, it's it definitely a dark kind of dark comedy. Yeah. Um, magic tale, but um, with with completely stellar, crazy artwork. Lots of you know extreme violence. Yeah. And, Enormous throbbing boners. It's 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 very much image at their most image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is actually in quite a stark contrast to um. You know, we can talk about it next. Actually, yeah, cool. A book that I thought was definitely a, a it felt like a fragment of the past. And normally, mm. when we think of comics that are fragments of the past, you think books that kind of throw back way too much to like nineties Marvel and Image. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was for me a throwback to Vertigo. Um, And the kind of, uh, you know, the Invisibles era Grant Morrison kind of uh, vertigo. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, it was written by Peter Milligan um, and it comes out on a new imprint through IDW. Um, And where, where, this is called Kid Lobotomy. We're going to talk about it in one second. Uh, But where Maestro's was just like, it was very much like everything that I love about Image in one book. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was extremely lewd. Um, the art was insane. The everything, the high, the stakes and the concepts were higher than you get in most comic books. Um, you know, I feel like that, that they're all things that like all of our favorite image books. Yeah, take a nest ride, and this was just that turned up to infinity. Um, lobotomy, kid lobotomy is the number one book, uh, number one issue from and first book that came out through Black Crown, which is the new imprint that comes out through IDW, um, featuring the editor of some of the more beloved. Um, Vertigo runs Shelley um, Bond. Shelley Bond. Now she did a, uh, I think it's already over, like a, a short image Im- image series about um, antibodies and stuff like that. Remember that? Oh yeah, the Doctor one. Yeah, it was it was yeah. really it was I, I I haven't seen it on the shelves in a while, so I don't no. think it was met with that much. It just for for to be released from a from something that from like one of the most celebrated editors in comic book history this is someone that you know played a large part in the success of preacher mm-hmm. the sandman mm-hmm. um all of the big vertigo titles um invisibles all that kind of stuff she's extremely british but it, it felt like a book that hadn't been edited at all it was, yeah. it was such so it felt overwritten and things could have been taken out to make it an easier read and i feel exactly the same way about kid lamotomy which is um, written by Peter Milligan um, with art by uh, uh, Tess, Tess, Fowler. Tess Fowler. Yeah. Uh, Tess Fowler's art is great. Yeah, yeah. I like Tess Fowler a lot. And the, the, uh, the problems that I had with the story, um, I like, had, had nothing to do with her at all. No. But this is, <laughs> this is a weird book. And it's interesting because I, I feel like almost um, Maestro's felt kind of more vertigo to me than a, what I consider... To be an image book, well, I which guess, is probably I guess more... Image has kind of taken on everything I loved about this yeah. crazier side of Vertigo yeah. and, and adapted it and, and, and it's grown. It feels it still feels like a book written in 2017. Totally. With, yeah. But by people that grew up and, and were influenced heavily by the, the massive Vertigo, Vertigo boom. Yeah. Um, Peter Milligan uh, wrote Shade the Changing Man um, mm-hmm. over at Vertigo, one of the kind of big key titles of Vertigo's lineup in the 90s. Um, and I... I've loved so much Peter Milligan stuff. Um, Ecstatics um, mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things. He, he's actually the, the creator of Dupe alongside oh, Mike yeah. Auer, and who listeners will know as my favorite mutant. Mm. Um, but uh, I, ever since he took over Hellblazer, he did the last 50 issues of Hellblazer at Vertigo, mm-hmm. 250 to 300. I've read all 300 issues of Vertigo. Oh, sorry, of, of Hellblazer. And I, I, I just hated the way he ended that series mm. so much. And ever since then, I haven't found a book by him that I have enjoyed. Um, and so I went in this like going like, okay, cool, you know, open mind, try and be with it. Kid Lobotomy is 
uh, fuck, can you explain this? I, I, I'm going to do it way too mean sounding. Yeah, it's like, so there's some kid, there's, there's a guy <laughs> whose name is Kid. Yep. And he was in a band and then he went crazy and so he got a special new kind of lobotomy but the one that needs to be constantly like refreshed by eating parts of other people's brains is that kind of what it is i, I have no I fucking didn't pick idea up what that is, but it's, it's it's one of those things it really you know like but then the he, first time you read like the invisibles or whatever you're like what the fuck's going yeah. on and eventually you get it and i feel like we've I don't, have we moved past that kind of storytelling and this feels like a return to that like just throwing so many zany ideas at you without really explaining what they lead to or why they're happening. Um, yeah. And it's one of those ones where like, cause um, it's really heavy on like the Kafka metaphor, like yes. illusion. I'm like, not in, like a subtle way in like a, there's all these people called Gregor Samsa and like his, I think the kid's his last name is Samsa. His sister gives him a hand job. His sister gives him a hand job. like Kafka-esque, right? Yeah. It's like these really intense, like incesty overtones. And then like, on, like we haven't even gotten to the part of the fact that he owns a hotel and all this is happening in the hotel that he owns. That part of it I enjoyed. Yeah, if have it was a like, wacky hotel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, but call the comic wacky hotel. <laughs> have less siblings giving each other hand jobs and um, or have it just exclude like only happen in one room and you go there, you get a hand job from your sister. Room. <laughs> so people at least know you know what you're exactly. getting in, getting yourself in for. Um, yeah, I sort of. It took me ages to read this. I didn't hate it. I think mostly because of the art. The art's really nice. So I Tessal think I'm great. totally willing to give it another issue on the on the back of that. Um, but yeah, the story didn't and yeah, the, have too much. The, the colors, of, to me. colors by the always good Lee, Lee Lowridge are also always good. Yep. Um, <laughs> good. More excitingly, in the back is a preview of um, a new book that. Tinny Howard and Gilbert Hernandez are doing together for um, Black Crown called Assassinistas, which looks cool. Yeah, and there's a um, actually just next week there's a um, uh, an anthology comic, a compendium uh, called Black Crown Quarterly, which um, has all kinds of um, you know different um, different contributions from different writers and artists, and it even has a color cover by Frank Quietly. Oh, cool, um, ah, which cool. is very exciting. But this Kid Lobotomy that. number one was not a good way to kick off. Black Crown. I really want to love whatever Shelley Bond does because I was such a big fan of her at Vertigo mm. and was like pretty devastated when she got the boot from Vertigo quite unceremoniously. Mm. So um, it's a bummer that I did not enjoy this one bit. But instead of like giving it another shot and then complaining about it again, I'm just going to just put nice. it in the not for me pile and, Good call. Uh, and move on. Okay. And um, if it is for you, let us know. <laughs> I, I always came to hear from uh, people who enjoy the comics that we don't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, let's move on to uh, the books by the big two. We've got a couple of number ones from Marvel, would you believe, this week. What? Um, one of them was written by someone who we are more familiar with as an artist, although if you listen to our uh, Patreon bonus uh, episodes, you'll know that we really endure. I really Have you read it yet? Declan Shalvey is yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, I read most What's it of called? It. Something Town? Savage Town. Savage Town um, is a new book, a graphic novel that he wrote through Image. Um, which is awesome. I really mm. one of my favorite graphic novels I read this year. Um, but yeah, Declan Shalvey wrote his first uh, number one uh, on- ongoing series for or it's like a mini series for Marvel, mm-hmm. um, and it's Deadpool versus Old Man Logan. Um, I got really excited because on the front cover it says Shalvey and Henderson. And I was like, oh my god, did Eric I Henderson totally do thought this? it was Eric yeah, Henderson yeah. as well. But the art is by the very good Mike Henderson. Yes, just, it would have been so much more fun to see those two working together because it, it would, absolutely would have. would have been great. And uh, again, Lee Lowridge on colors on this one too, um, and. Uh, 
like I, I love that you read this because yeah, it's very rare to see you read anything that with Deadpool involved. Absolutely, much and less this is, a, a, a something versus Deadpool book. Exactly, like this is very much on the cover, not for me. But I was like, ooh, Declan Shelby, so I read it and I really enjoyed it. It's super it was really fun. It's really really fun, and and it, it I guess because it was written by an artist, it's so well laid out yeah. and the pacing is brilliant. Absolutely, and he has a really like good voice for Deadpool. Like not everyone, I think, manages to make him actually funny, and I think that by sort of having him almost as kind of the like normal guy almost in a weird sense sure um just trying to make make ends meet get by get through the day in this like insane superhero world i think that kind of worked and i thought it was really funny i really really enjoyed the opening four panel pages where it's um uh logan and 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 wade kind of like running from something and then suddenly they get they get smashed by like a camper van Mm. and then then they because they've got their healing power they kind of escape from the flaming wreck of the camper van as another car crashes on top of them and then finally we see an enormous plane crashing towards them and um logan yells out i told you not to double dare them <laughs> we don't know what he, when when or who he double dared but apparently it's coming up soon um but it's it's pretty much them just getting in, involved in a stupid fight mm-hmm. and then um there's a bigger kind of threat that they're both going to team up to to try and take down yep and Good this fun. Is all this kind of comic needs to be absolutely it's really fun the art is excellent um, and uh, it's it's very quick moving. Yep. If you want your Deadpool fix, you want your Logan fix, this is where you should go. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, I like these little miniseries in general, though. I'm, I've, I've really come... It's like the weirdest thing that this podcast has done to me is make me a Deadpool fan. <laughs> well, I think it has something more to do with the talent that's on Deadpool books now versus what they were like a couple of years ago. Yeah, totally. Like Duggan in particular mm. being just a, a great writer on... Also, a couple of years ago, like there was six Deadpool series or something like that. Like I think now that there's just... Yeah, two or three. It's I'm still, way better. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm reading six. Yeah. <laughs> one just finished, and I pick up a new one. Um, also, out this week is um, a, uh, a number one. I always it's an ongoing joke that I read these stupid Marvel Cinematic Universe prelude books. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, an uh, ongoing joke that you're playing on yourself. Yeah, it's cr- it's a classic <laughs> gag, guys. I, I, I always get get myself. Um, but uh, this one is the Black Panther prelude. Yeah. And the last, what I really hate about these books, even though I keep reading them, <laughs> is a rule. The rule is I read everything with a number one on it. Yeah. Um, I've just decided that rule doesn't apply to me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the last few is, it's basically just been like weird, like summaries of the previous yeah. Marvel movies. So like the one uh, leading into Ragnarok was like, the first Hulk movie mm. and then the second Thor movie yeah, yeah, in comic yeah. book form, which is stupid and not really like, you know, one benefits no from one reading that. No one wants that. Just watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, and then, so this Black Panther prelude is written by Will Corona Pilgrim and um, art is by Ana Paolo Martello. And it is nothing that we've seen in Marvel Ooh. movies so far because the I was like, oh, here we go. It's just going to be a summary of Civil War. Mm. But it's not. It's, 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 it's kind of, it kind of predates the Civil War movie mm. and it shows like the first week of T'Challa taking over the Black Panther man- mantle. Fun. And it, like, it's nowhere near as good as what we expect from Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther but maybe that, you know, very heady Black Panther comic isn't really your speed mm. and a more kind of straightforward action book that just kind of sets up what this character is like in the Marvel MCU um, is, is, is great and this is, I think, really well done. So, oh, like, nice. Like, I'm, I'm glad I have this dumb rule because I read this <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Black Panther prelude. If, 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 honestly, for once, I, I can recommend one of these dumb preludes mm. before you go see the movie. Which Did you see that, that newest trailer? I mean, I've seen one trailer. A new one came out last newest? week. It's uh, real good. 
Nice. Real I think good. that may have been the first one that I saw. Oh, right. So I thought it looked cool. For Great. once, I'm excited about leaving the house. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate leaving the house. Good lord. <laughs> we got two books from. Um, oh, sorry, one book from DC this week, and uh, it was another of the Dark Knight's metal tie-ins. This one is Batman: The Drowned or The Drowned. Would you then, say Drowned? I would not. Yeah, <laughs> Batman the Drown. Uh, the Drowned it sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds nice. A, yeah, I would love to be a. Drowned. Why is Why is sexy lady Aquaman Batman also like steampunk? Is my question. This was the the one shot of all these weird Batman one shots yeah. that I was most looking forward to, and I think it was actually the most disappointing. Yeah, so it was far. a fucking chore to get through. Dan Abnett, who we're going to review his latest oh, issue of Aquaman later in the in the episode. Oh, I missed Aquaman. Oh, God, it was so good. Goddamn. <laughs> um, with art by um, Philip Tan and Tyler Kirkham, um, colors by Dean White and Arif Prianto. Um, this, yeah, this is about the the Aquaman Batman from the dark one of the many dark uh, universes in the darkest the, in the universe, universe, steampunk universe. Um, the steamiest universe. <laughs> uh, and this kind of told the story of Bryce Wayne. Yeah, what? But For a second, I thought that they just like stuck to their guns and called her Bruce. Me too. And I was I, like, I, cool. Yeah. I was like, cool. I'm so going to call I, I my thought, daughter Bruce. Well, oh, I thought like maybe we were getting like a transgender situation uh, too. And I was like, oh, this is cool. That's cool. Let's do this. But then I realized I just misread the you yeah. and the Y. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, uh, the, my biggest problem with this is that all the other books have been like setting up the backstories for these different other eras of Batman mm. and then um, other kinds of Batman. And then in the last two pages, you'll see them on the regular DC um, Earth mm. fighting the heroes that we know and love. But this one was like mostly the fighting the heroes that we know and love with like a few pages of backstory. Yeah, I don't really understand who this lady Batman is who then became Aquaman. We kind of, yeah, the Aquaman part is like, she, she, on her, in her world, she went up against all of the Aqua people. Oh yeah. And and then there was that weird bit where she gave herself nude surgery to give herself gills. Look, you're giving yourself surgery. You may as well do it in the movie. (laughs) Everyone knows it's it's easier to give yourself surgery when you're not wearing clothes. I agree. Clothes get in the way. Um, Look, the steampunk world, you just keep things steamy. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? This made me mad. Yeah. It wasn't a good one. I don't want to look at it anymore. Pass. Uh, we got two boom books this week, and one of them was one that Siobhan was very excited about last week. Uh, Rugrats. I continue to be excited. Out through Kaboom, their uh, all-ages imprint, mm-hmm. um, written by Box Brown with art by Lisa Dubois and Eleonora Bruni on colors. Um, and this is like all the, 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 the young the young Rugrats, the cartoon that, that kind of kicked off everyone's love of Nickelodeon alongside mm-hmm. Ren and Stimpy in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, that that season like lasted like 12 years or something. Mm. Those seasons lasted 12 years. And then they did those horrible, what if the Rugrats were grown up? Yeah, what if they were just teens now? I mean, I tap out when Tommy gets a little brother called Dill who can't talk. Oh, the yeah. Entire, like, what, the entire thing that makes you enjoy Rugrats is babies that can talk. Yeah, but what but, if there was a dumber baby? <laughs> yeah, or, and it's like every other... Like, I can watch any other show in the universe if I want to see a baby that can't talk. Mm. I watch Rugrats specifically because babies can talk. Yeah. Don't give me one who can't. <laughs> That's a good point. You've already got a dog who can't talk. Yeah, absolutely. You, um, make, you make a compelling argument. Uh, but uh, I stole it from someone else, by the way, when, uh, I, when I showed this. Um, so, shouts to... He, he listens to Hey Fam. Oh, right, okay. So, he's never going to hear this. Ah. So but you could, have, you could have just kept that. Yeah, but no, but I want to because I, I, I have crossed listeners and I reckon I'll, I'd get caught out. Right, okay, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So, shouts to Mater. There you go. <laughs> um, which is a nickname I gave him after a Cars movie. 
This is good. Yeah, it's great. It's great crossover material. Really, really makes Hey Fam sound like an appealing podcast for those who don't listen to it already. Um, Rugrats, issue number one, again, written by Box Brown, who we are big fans of. Um, this uh, did an incredible job of mm. like just completely nailing the tone of, of the cartoon. It's basically like, you know, a bunch of babies trying to outsmart their parents in like, they, it's like half them imagining themselves doing stuff way bigger. Like, you know, it's in, in this one, Tommy, the main character imagines himself like in a wrestling match, mm-hmm. but it turns out he's just like playing with his toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it, they've updated it with new technology to kind of match the era that, that, that yeah. we're now in. So um, they've all, all the adults are obsessed with their phones. Yep. And um, uh, Chucky's dad has a drone yep. to watch over the kids, which I thought was like probably the funniest moment in Absolutely. the book. Absolutely. And um, Tommy's dad has installed one of those um, teddy bear cameras as well. Like they did normally when they try and, when comic books try and incorporate sort of contemporary technology, it comes across as like really cringy and there'll be some like yep. comic book version of Twitter that's really embarrassing for everyone yeah but this actually does an incredible job yeah of incorporating all that stuff and it's really funny super duper funny yeah and um, i like how the parents keep being like we're getting so much done <laughs> like I, this is like gonna like a lot of people might, might disagree with me but i would say if you were missing the flintstones mm. comic that we really enjoyed this isn't quite as biting political no, satire absolutely. but there are small elements of it there and plus it is like an older tv franchise yeah. but it's a tv franchise done justice in comic form Absolutely. Um, like, however, this is much more like its source material where Flintstones definitely wasn't. No. And like the colours on this are incredible. I love how all of the like play sequences have those fun little like shapes in the background. Like you definitely, it's one of those comic book um, adaptations, not adaptations, you know what I mean, where you can still hear the voices of the yep. characters in your head. And I have to say kudos to the creators for not trying to cram in all of the characters in this book, this first issue. Yeah. Um, pretty much only f- focuses on Tommy and Chucky, and then we have a little bit of uh, Phil and Lil. Yeah, they're friends. You don't get any Angelica. No Angelica. You don't yet. get any. Is it Susie? Susie. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reptile dream sequence at the beginning, which is always good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my only criticism is that it should have like every pa- there should have been a, a, like a sound chip in here, mm. so every time you turned a page, it went like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> That would have been good. Yeah. If only. Was it Mark Mothersbrough from Devo did the theme, all, really? the, all the music for Rugrats? No way. And he's also doing all the music for um, Thor Ragnarok. Cool. You're excited for that one, I'm right? I'm very okay, cool. excited for Thor Ragnarok. Leaving the house. Leaving, Leaving the, the house. house. Hell yeah. <laughs> Having a shower. <laughs> <laughs> I showered today. I just then put my pajamas back on. Another boom book that came out. Uh, through, uh, but based on another property is Kong, Gods of Skull Island, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who, I'm, like, without even Googling his name, I assume that's the name of a novelist of some kind. Nah, um, I guess. Uh, and uh, art by Chad Lewis, colors by D. Kniff. Um, this was a one-shot. Um, continuing Boom's new theme of being fucking ridiculously overpriced. <laughs> this is another yeah. $7.99 book. That's an expensive book. This is a lot. there's a lot more to it. Than um, the uh, Adventure Time Halloween special last week. This is mm. a one, one and done long story about um, a man who uh, is dying, mm-hmm. and uh, he discovers Skull Island and wants it to be his legacy to kind of start something of a civilization there. And uh, probably not a good idea, dying guy. Absolutely. Maybe not. just go to Disneyland like all the other sick kids. Yep. It's a good call. Also, there's no ads in this book. I just noticed. Maybe that's why it's so expensive. Uh, um, Boom! So like really do have ads for. It's like Image. I, pretty... I know nothing. Um, I really liked the art in this, and I thought it was a pretty like good story. 
Yeah, no, me too. I was like, I, liked it. I was dreading reading this because I haven't really li- got, mm. gotten super into the Planet of the Apes. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, they're the same. Big yeah, apes. Kong, Kong. Ape they're movies. very different, are they? But oh, yeah, wow. I haven't. Kong, oh yeah, they Kong are different. Extremely different. <laughs> I mean, surely, I think Boom put out both. Yeah, I think so. I think that's why we're confused. Uh, uh, we're probably going to get Kong versus Planet of the Apes at some point in comic book. You got to hope so. Um, but yeah, this this was good. I really enjoyed this. Mm. I would almost compare. It reminded me a lot of uh, that, uh, like, uh, American history fiction book, um, Manifest Destiny. Oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. a way that it was like you know a bunch of uh, explorers doomed to get killed by monsters, mm. um, which is what that book is about too. But this kind of also has a satisfying like, ah, the colonials suffer. Oh, so kind does, of edge, so does Manifest Destiny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. The, the um, all the Native Americans in that book always like laugh at the other other characters because and, and all the other characters die. Nice. <laughs> this also has a dinosaur fighting a giant monkey. Mm, Pretty good stuff. Good. Um, I got two more number ones. I didn't read them. Yes, you did. You read one of them. Oh, yeah, I did. Um, from Dark Horse. We should have put this earlier in the episode, but whatever. Mm. Um, Jeff Lemire, um, who we've loved his series Black Hammer mm-hmm. with Dean Ormston um, through Black Dark Horse. I think I believe it was our voted the number one best uh, book not published by Marvel Image or DC last, last year in our awards. Oh, cool. The award had a catchier name than that. <laughs> I think it's an indie, but it's, this is not a fucking indie, is well, it? Dark Horse indie. Um, but uh, yeah, I, um, this is this is a spin-off from Black Hammer, which we know is ending its first kind of run very mm-hmm. soon, um, and we get it's it's being re- re- reborn as something new. But this is uh, from the pa- the world of Black Hammer. We get Sherlock Frankenstein and the Legion of Evil, and this is actually um, set kind of just before the daughter of Black Hammer. Um, tries to like, like ends up in the world of Black Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a reporter and she is trying to find her father and and mm-hmm. and and the other missing superheroes. And decides the easiest way to find the heroes is to find their villains first. So she wants to find the most nefarious villain, that of Sherlock Frankenstein. And in doing that, she has to find his other like villains that he used to work with or fight with, and they're all held up in the uh, this world's equivalent of Arkham Asylum. And um, art is by David Rubin, who we love. He does the um, pencils, the inks, the colors, everything. Um, and the lettering too. Fuck Rubin, the goat. He's so, so good. good. Um, he's uh, he's done a full, few great fill-in issues of Black Hammer. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting to see him do a full series with um, Lemire. Mm-hmm. He actually just got announced for as the ongoing artist for Rumble with um, oh, cool. over at Image, which is exciting. But uh, I love this. Yeah. What a great issue. What a great first issue. And like... I, I didn't expect it to have such big implications for the current Black Hammer storyline, and yeah. that was very exciting. Yeah, look, we, at the end of this, this is not a, a, a big spoiler. It is like the kind of final page reveal, but I think mm. it's not like, oh my God, now this person's dead or whatever. It's like yeah. we, we learned that Sherlock Frankenstein, everyone thinks that he has gone where everyone in Black Hammer is stuck to. Mm. So maybe this series will reveal that he's there, and then maybe that will kind of affect the way the series pans mm. out or something I don't know but what I love the most about this is that Black Hammer's daughter was probably the most intriguing character yeah. from Black Hammer and to get a whole series of her is super cool yeah totally and she's like she's like a way cooler version of Lois Lane <laughs> definitely currently she's current a, Lois Lane a reporter Lane. with ties to a superhero yeah yep Real good stuff. I mean, I'd like to think that at least 50% of our listeners are already reading this. I hope so, but guys. why not make it 69%? <laughs> the best percent. Um, finally, from number one, another number one um, that I got from uh, Aftershock is uh, my continued efforts to read 
um, things set in the Animosity universe, um, Marguerite Bennett's um, Aftershock book. Um, and this is Animosity Evolution number one, which is the sequel to another um, miniseries based within the Animosity world. And uh, that one had great art by Juan Doe. This has like pretty okay art by Eric Gapster. Um, but it just... It, it, so this is kind of it's still it's more interesting than the regular ongoing animosity book because this is way more how do the humans and the animals interact like how does mm. society form now that the animals have like woken up and they have to and animals kind of have more power than humans but it's still it just i don't know I'm, i guess i'm still reading it but i in doing every time i do i just get more and more disappointed that it isn't mm. what i wanted it to be to begin with and yeah or just what it was didn't deliver on the the, the premise of that first First uh, number one. I also I also got the regular issue of after of animosity to read later in the episode, but I may as well just spoil it now. It's f- okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, good review. Yeah. Hey, have they ever? Have they? Uh, you know, what? I was going to take this in a really disgusting. Let's story, do it. But... H- has someone fucked an animal yet? Yeah, that's what I was. Not yet. Say. No. Oh, there you go. Well, and that is why I'm it's my still first reading. Question. It's my as first soon as it happens, <laughs> I'll be the first person to let you know. <laughs> Um, Siobhan, were you ever about to sleep with an animal? And, uh, he said, Hey, meet me under the stairs, seven thirty. There's one thing that you'd need to make sure you were there on time. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if you bought a movement watch, it would because movement watches was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality minimalist products at revolutionary prices. With over 1 million watches sold to customers in 160-plus countries all around the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Whoa. Cool. Good input. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Both Siobhan and I are proud owners of Movement Watches. It is a very nice watch. They're very stylish. They're very cool. And they come in a cool little kind of metal tub. Came in a metal tub. Did it? Lame. What did your one come in? A, a cardboard box. Well, maybe mine did too. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just don't know what minerals are. Maybe I put mine in a metal tub. <laughs> um, the company was started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. Um, just like we wanted to listen to an in-depth comic book podcast but couldn't find one, mm. they took matters into their own hands, started their own watch company, and now they sell watches that start at just $135 Australian each. At a department store, you're looking at 500 to 600 bucks. This is way cheaper. Movement figured out by the, that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price. To link this back to comics, this is as if someone cut out Diamond. Nice. The biggest source yes. of our grief in the world. But don't cut out comic book stores. No, never ever. Um, with classic design, quality, construction, and stylized minimalism, there's nice. no bloody wonder why they've sold over 1 million watches in over 160 countries. We want you to make it a million and one <laughs> because uh, Movement Watches have sponsored this episode of Serious Issues and they're offering you 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash serious issues. The watch has a really, really clean design. We, we get compliments every time we wear these fucking things. All the time. Uh, so step up your watch game and go to movement.com slash serious issues. Join the movement. Do you remember that short... Have I already talked about that short-lived DC series called The Movement? No. What is it? By, do you remember that girl's moment oh, where yeah. it was like, occupy the DC universe? And then Lame. at the same time they got the, uh, uh, created... Sc- 
they did like the rich version of that. Yeah. Like so they did the one percent of that yeah. and it was like called like the green team or something I like that. I can't remember. But it was like was two years fun. after Occupy was relevant. Yeah, but then two years after that Marvel put out Occupy Avengers. Yeah. So. But that was good. Yeah. Anyway. Comics. Watches. Buy both. <laughs> Let's play a game now. Oh, no, we can't. I lost the dice. I don't know where the dice is. Maybe Archie threw it behind the couch again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I think it's somewhere in your house. So at some point, um, just rest assured that Siobhan and Nate will play Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel, or DC and see if their results. Let's just top of your head. Should we do Image first? It was an incredible week for Image. Yeah, we should save Image shot last. Image shot last? Okay, sure. All right. Well, let's do DC first. Okay. Because I liked DC second. Marvel in the middle. Okay. Marvel in the middle. Um, so let's kick off with um, with a review of Batman number thirty three. Yes, um, please. Written by Tom King with art by Joelle Jones, who we oh. love. We love her Lady Killer. We love her Super Supergirl being super. Yeah. But it was very exciting to see her on Batman. This actually makes her the second ever female artist to do a um, regular Batman book after. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's hilariously the first one was only a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Becky Cloonan drew mm. an issue of Scott Snyder's Batman with the first introduction of was the homeless girl character who ended up becoming a regular character. She oh yeah, orphan with the blue hair. Yeah, whatever her name yep. is. Harper. Harper. Yes, mm, good, nice. good memory. Thanks. She, she, that, that that first issue um, all about her was drawn by Becky Cloonan. Mm. But anyway, we get um, Joelle Jones on Batman for this incredible issue. Ah, what it a just good had issue. everything that I yeah. wanted out of a Batman book. Just a totally. great a great balance of everything. Um, it uh, it starts off. Although I will say, front cover, I should have been triggered because it is Batman on a horse wearing the costume that he wears in the f- future vision in Batman yeah, yeah, v yeah. Superman. Which have you seen yet? Uh, no, but I've seen that scene. Yeah, sure. For some um, reason, Batman v Superman gives me nightmares constantly. Never much like that. that very thing that we were just describing, Batman's nightmare from that from that movie. Mm. But anyway, he- here he is wearing that same costume, and you know what? Costume is pretty goddamn good. Yeah, it looks good. Um, they, he's in the desert on a horse um, looking down at another horse as Catwoman holds a shotgun. And uh, hilariously, Batman, no guns rule unless he has to kill a horse, in which case it's Hypocritical. a shotgun to the face. Hypocritical. Um, but uh, So they are on the way to a mythical city. Um, I think... One of the, the one one that played a big part in the Grayson run that Tom King was a writer on because okay. we also see them go face to face with Tiger, mm. um, who was a character from that run too. Um, but uh, while they are on their journey through the desert, we cut back to the way, to Wayne Manor, and uh, we have um, Alfred break it to a collection of Robins, past and present. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Dick, we have Jason, we have Damien, and we have Duke, who's not a Robin but part of the gang. Yeah, um, and he breaks the news that uh, Bruce has proposed to Selena Kyle. Mm. And so they're going to have Catwoman for a mum, <laughs> which Time. is the name of this episode. <laughs> um, um, God, there was like, for me, the main thing that was amazing about this was Joel Jones. Like what an like incredible look for Alfred. She gave each of the boys like such a He looks a, a unique... lot older than we normally see. But him, I like yeah. that. I like how like she did a really old statesmanly yeah, Alfred. Totally, you're right. I thought it looked he incredible. He looks good. He looks healthy. Yeah. He's very um spelt. Yep, there you go. Um I like the little nod to Lady Killers, but um uh 
what's his name? Damien. Damien is reading a book about the Lady Killer murders of 1961. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, That's awesome. Really That's good such fun. a good little Easter egg. That's great. And they have fun little, like, I like the, the relationship that Tom King has built up between the sort of Batman family. I think he does a really good job of writing all the boys. Definitely. Um, so I enjoy that a lot. And those were the scenes that I liked the best. Sure. Um, and then once Alfred says, like, oh, they've all disappeared to go to this city, Kadim or whatever it's called. Yeah. And then um, Damien starts crying because he realises why he's gone there. And the reason that that, that, that that Catwoman and Batman have gone horseback to this city is because that is where Talia al Ghul, previous lover of Bruce Wayne and father, sorry, mother of, of Damien Wayne, yes. is is having orgies all the time now. Yeah, sick. Is it nice. a painting or a, a literal orgy? No, I think, that, I think she's just... Like walked out of a bed of people, wallowing in sex parties. Pretty cool. That's um, what I'd do if I was Talia Al Ghul. Man, but I'm not. I am so excited for Tom King's take on Talia Al Ghul. Totally. And I'm even more excited that Joel Jones is going to draw her. Is is Joel Jones on for this arc? I'm, you'd have I to assume hope so. so. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, They've been good though, like like assigning the same artists for for an entire arc. Like yeah, M- Michael Jannon did all of um. The jo- the war of jokes and riddles, mm-hmm. except for the two kite man issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a this is a, like maybe the high point of Tom King's run. Of yeah, Batman this is so my far. favorite issue that has from this arc. One hundred percent, I loved this. And um, yeah, if 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 for whatever reason, like you know, all the hype surrounding Tom King's, uh, you know, take on Batman, and then that that slightly disappointing first first few stories mm-hmm. um maybe still got you to tap out tap back in my friend absolutely because this this was an excellent issue and um yeah the, the start of something really really fun i think uh, they're really really doing great stuff with this batman marrying catwoman thing yeah it's pretty who knows silly. if it's actually going to go all the way through but like the lead the road to it is very enjoyable so far i just hope they just keep it to this book yeah same i hope so yeah um but so why do you think they want to talk to talia al ghul it's not like he has to think he wasn't ever married to her it's not like he has to be like, I need a divorce. Maybe is that it why? is. Maybe. I thought that was like, anyway. I thought that was a weird date rape scenario. That was a weird date rape scenario. Yeah, it? I mean, look, the, 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 the rebirth definitely means you can rewrite things. Uh, I, I am all for them rewriting it so that they were actually Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, would, that this is going to lead to some very funny stuff. It's good. I enjoyed that. And I hope that this leads to Joelle Jones being given a Catwoman book that she writes and draws. Yes, please. But yes, I want, I want please. that more than anything in the world. I want her to keep doing Batman for the foreseeable future. I want her to do more superhero stuff, but I think she's especially well suited to the Bat books. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's do the well, let's do the Trinity. We do Batman. Do we not do Wonder Woman or Superman next? Let's do Superman next. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I know. So I was so excited about this. Yeah, I know. Me too. It was the grand return of Peter Tomasi after having a few issues off and two issues that we, I don't count as part of his run mm-hmm. uh, of <laughs> Superman <laughs> um, with Patrick Gleason co-writing and art by Doug Mankey, um, who was a regular fill-in on this, on this book too. So it felt like, oh, here we go. Like, you know, it's all been building up to this. This big storyline called Imperious Lex mm-hmm. in which Lex Luthor, I think, is called back to um, Apocalypse. Apocalypse to kind of be the new... Uh, dark side you mm-hmm. know, the, the ruler of, of apocalypse and i just found this whole issue just kind of meh yeah it was like it, it just it sounded like such a fun premise and this book wasn't fun and that's what this book was absolutely 
times a million mm. when it started. It was like it was the the the, the jewel they went to the fair in the rebirth crown. Yeah. Um. And now it's just I just don't like I, I almost was just like, am I going to keep reading this? I don't know. I mean, like the the way that they left this issue with John, Superman, and Lois all stranded in different areas of apocalypse, which are being currently like ruled by different. Like ones run by Granny Goodness, ones someone else, blah blah blah. That could be kind of interesting seeing them like find each other again. But yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not. I just it just it just feels like like Peter Tomasi has like died and someone's like created a clone mm. of him that isn't quite as good. And you know what? I get. I, <laughs> I guys, there's weight behind my conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, like, like. The New God stuff can seem like they live on a place called Apocalypse and his name is Darkseid. But have some fucking fun with it, for Christ's sake. I'm sorry, that got... Well, like, we, we've only just gotten there. We might it, it might get more fun. But We've seen you know, one page. Yeah, it's true. And there, and there are, like, I mean, like, John's surrounded by, like, robot dog beasts. That's mm, fun. That's fun. That seems fun. Um, yeah. Anyway. I'll keep reading it. I, I, I'll keep reading it too. Like I reckon, I'm, I'm hoping it'll get good again. We actually haven't seen Lex Luthor in Peter Tomasi's run so far. Yeah, and that was the biggest disappointing thing. I thought that would be like quite epic to have them finally together in his mm. book, but it was just kind of run of the mill. Yeah, which is not what the book was for for twenty ish issues. Um, I know I said that's the Trinity, but it makes sense to tie straight into Super Sons, which is the other Superman family book written by Pete Tomasi, um, by Jorge Jimenez. This is the team up book between Damian Wayne and John Kent, aka Superboy. Um, and this book started incredibly well. It was so fun to see mm. these two characters together, but then it just this arc was just bad. Yeah. I think. But then I then I thought back to like the first arc, which is them going up against like a kid who can like make robots with powers and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And that was okay, but I yeah. just, like, all I want it to be like you have moments in this book where like, you know, this had like world jumping and, yeah. and like big dumb alien creatures and just stuff like go that. Go like, stop the penguin. Yeah, exactly. Or like the penguin's son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah he has the, one now. Make it the Muppet babies of, of DC comics. Yes, okay, that has kind of happened. But make it like the Muppet tweens <laughs> like rugrats all grown up <laughs> which we loved We're on on record we loved all grown up um but there are moments in this issue like when all of all is said and done they you know they, they solve all the problems and they get back on earth and there's this brilliant two pages mm. of of john and and, and damien just eating in pancakes clark kent's kitchen and um you know Clark asks them to do the dishes and Damien says, I don't do dishes. And he just says, you do here, son. <laughs> like, As he's like taking off his shirt to yeah. the Superman. It's great. It That's excellent. all we want from this, guys. We want them getting in trouble, doing chores. Yeah. And there's so much pancakes. that I do love about it. It's just like, I just, I really, I'm, again, I'm going to stick with it. I want this to be yeah, incredible. Yeah. But instead, it's just kind of okay. Yeah. Um, but it's a starting a new arc. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I, like, I love that they both, that both, kids know both their father's secret identities i think mm. it's so fun that they both know that yeah, yeah, yeah um and yeah i think that that, that makes it this is fun warm family drama mm. but instead we get these like bizarre serious adventurous teen rock i don't know what the fuck it is, I don't know what it is. um there was some fun moments john kent's still my favorite character out of in this damien's so much he funnier. is he's a little bit spicier but i do love he's a sassy i love, I love the warm heart of, of, of john i hope shatterstar is as sassy as damien <laughs> hey shatterstar showed up in one of the comics that i read this week yeah i know 
fun. That was we'll fun. That's that the only reason I picked it up. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Wonder Woman, complete this trinity. Oh, wait, there wasn't a Wonder Woman book. It was Wonder Woman Conan. Wonder Woman Conan. Okay, let's talk about that. Gail Simone and uh, what's his name? Someone Lepresti? Someone Lepresti. Someone Lepresti. I read this immediately after I read Batman. That was a jarring comparison. Yeah, so I, it's not bad by any means. This is like the coming together of Conan the Barbarian and, and Wonder Woman, obviously. And that's kind of all you need to know. Well, it's a Conan book. If that book. sounds appealing to you. Yeah, it's a Conan book with uh, with great art by Aaron, Aaron Lepresti. Um, colors by, inks by Matt Ryan and colors by Wendy Broom. But I just think the story, especially, you know, knowing that it's Gail Simone and what mm. she's capable of. You know, from the more epic things she's done to the more comedic things she's done. Yeah. You don't really get either. You just yeah. kind of get this like middle middling kind of mix of the two. You know what I wish this has been? I wish this had been more like Crosswind and we just seen Conan. Fuck. Conan and Wonder Woman <laughs> Give Freaky, us the Friday. Freaky Friday. Of Conan <laughs> That's all and I want. Woman. That's all I want from every like versus book like that again. Batman versus the Shadow, just Freaky Friday them. But, but every there's that weird Jason um Bateman, no, not Jason Bateman. Who was the who was who was Michael from Arrested Development? Jason, Jason. Bateman is Bateman. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. Jason Bateman. Um, now I don't know. <laughs> I think um, that's his. It name. is, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, he did a Freaky Friday one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they swap bodies because they both piss into the same fountain. Good. So every superhero versus <laughs> book now, for some reason, Aww. they both have to pee into the same fountain. <laughs> one more than Conan. Yeah. <laughs> but so you get you get like three, centuries apart. three pages of the world's greatest heroes just absolutely busting. Yeah. <laughs> then they both for some reason find a fountain and decide that'll do. And then Freaky Friday time. Freaky Friday time. Make it happen, creators. Anyway, that's way better than this comic. Even though it ends with Wonder Woman and Conan about to be eaten by sharks, which was pretty good. But it felt that felt more like more of a kind of cliffhanger that we'd see in uh, the Commandy. Yeah, totally. Then uh, then here. Whatever. Does Conan wear underpants under his dress? skirt thing it looks like a kilt on the front cover yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know hopefully so not. that means no or maybe just another shark tooth necklace around, around <laughs> his penis and balls <laughs> that's good um so uh I, I said there was no trinity but i actually have an issue of trinity oh right cool which is uh the uh, book about batman wonder woman and superman um and this one also has the dark trinity of um uh fuck who is it dead man Constantine and Zatanna cool. and also another trinity of Red Hood and the Outlaws mm-hmm. and then you also have the team up of um, Rachel Ghoul uh, Cis, who's the Cersei Cersei and um, Lex Luthor said no thanks so mm-hmm. that they're just a duo at the moment uh, cute um, and uh, I wish they'd buck a trend and for once have two two chicks two chicks one dude in the trinity doesn't always have to be two dudes one who, chick who, who would you put in there Supergirl in what in the in any of those trilogy in in the in the, in the big DC trinity who are you uh, going to kick out kick out Batman yeah Bam, yeah <laughs> Big Barter put Big Barter get rid of Superman put in Big Barter okay same right. job great let's do it Muscle. Then, but they also have to all have to three of them pee in a fountain at the <laughs> <top> of the- <laughs> <laughs> Freaky Friday um uh so yeah this 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 book is written by Rob Williams um and I actually have decided that I like this more than his Suicide Squad now oh great. Even though it's kind of the same thing. It's yeah. just heaps of heroes like beating the shit out of each other because they've all been taken over by dark powers. Good. But it's fun. It's really fun. It's really silly. Hooray. Nice. Um, so the hero on the outskirts looking into that trinity, wishing that he could be up there. Um, what's the um, 
What's the song that a part I, of your I, world? A part of your world. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Aquaman reference. It's good. It Aquaman works. is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Watch and you'll see. <laughs> Someday I'll be. Um, so Aquaman issue number twenty nine came out this week, uh, written by Probably Dan Abnett with Stepshan Sejic. Nice. Um, on art and it, fuck, it's good. You know why I miss this is because I'm very short and Aquaman is on the top shelf at Kings, and sometimes I just miss things that are on the top shelf because <laughs> it's just a little bit too high it's for not, me, guys. It's, it's the main reason she doesn't read Astro City. It's the main reason. <laughs> um, Aquaman, uh, although everyone that shops at Kings is like, um, actually, Vertigo is on a much shorter shelf. Yeah, I know. I was stuff. about to say it and I was like, no, be cool. <laughs> um, so Aquaman, uh, issue number 29, um, is just, I finished this issue, which is, it's still about like, you know, everyone thinks Aquaman's dead or do they? Mm. And Mera and, um, is it Grant? One of their... Tempest. Of, the kid. Yeah. Um, he, they're... they're they're on the way to Atlantis to break through this mystical spell that's been put over. So that while well, the, the new, the new dark magic King is reigning over mm-hmm. and uh, it's just fucking delightful. It's yeah. such a good book. And I finished this issue and I was just like, this is probably my favorite DC book. Then I read Batman 33. I'm like, no, it isn't. But, but this is it's like really, really good. Like this is such, these, though, both those books are such key examples of why, like you just can't be like, Oh, the writing is more important than the art. You know, like, this is a total... Neither of us were reading Aquaman before. No. Stepjan. Stepjan Sejic. Stepjan Sejic. Step, Stepjan, I think. Mm. I just like saying it. Even though it's I fun. might be saying it wrong, but I'm still going to continue. <laughs> That's, it makes a good sound with my mouth. Uh, yeah, but I, I, this this uh, this really, really great kind of epic featuring all these cool characters that I've never given a fuck about before. Mm-hmm. And I actually got to the point, I was like, I hope that they don't meet up with any other heroes in this book. They yeah. reference them. It's great, but it feels like an image series about p- heroes that live in under the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. The art is phenomenal. DC, mm-hmm. it's probably, DC getting Stepjohn Sejic on board is like the smartest thing they've done. It really is. Uh, this year, in my opinion. Like, no, it's like, such a good call. And they should just keep throwing money at him because he's yeah. going to be a star. Yeah, he's he so already good. is like... People fucking like in, love in the, him. The Tumblr buff nude dude scene. He yeah. is a star. In the bondage scene, people love him. <laughs> but I just think yeah, he's he is he is incredibly good. Yeah, he really and, is. Uh, this book is just is is just a joy to read now. Mm. Um, so yeah, Aquaman. Um, that I'm sure that the, the first trade of this new arc will be out soon, and I yeah. highly recommend everyone listening to pick it up. Agreed. Um, how many more regular DCs? I've got one more regular DC book. It's not really regular. It is Unjustice. Injustice. Unjustice. 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 Injustice 2, um, issue number 12, um, written by Tom Taylor. Uh, you've got two artists on this one whose names I will read to you when I find them. But this is uh, basically kind of like coming to a head with, with the kind of main villain in this series so far has been Rachel Ghoul. And um, he's gotten a bunch of the kind of more animal and nature-based heroes and villains of the DC universe to kind of ally align themselves with him mm-hmm. because he's going to save you know all these endangered species and plants so like that they've got him all in this dome but in doing that he's going to wipe out most of humanity and so all the heroes want to stop him but he's like don't you realize i'm trying to save humanity and then uh so the, the heroes uh and the, the heroes are like this hilarious mix of ones that aren't evil or dead so it's like batman harley quinn blue beetle cool um, and the two plastic men um and then alfred uh kind of teaming up and everything goes to shit and uh now it looks like um Solovar, the um the ape is like now gonna ally he's ah. his new is Ghul's new ally it's really cool, cool. I, know, I really love this it's just like it's just it's just a nice great window and exploration of uh 
of of the DC universe in this Elseworld kind of extravaganza that's gone on for two series now, and I hope it continues for a lot longer because it's really great. Mm. Um, not only does um, what's his name, what is it? What's that that big ape's name? Gorilla Solo- Grodd. Is that Solovar's real? Is Gorilla Grodd's real name Solovar? I don't think so. There are a bunch of big apes. There's in a lot the of monkeys. DC universe, but that he has. Is it ultra humanite? Is he white? Um. Yes. Ultra humanite. There you go. Well done. I'm glad I asked. He always wants to steal Power Girl's body. Right. I was going to say brain, but that's not why people want to steal Power Girl. Um, and then uh, they've got Professor Ivo, creator of the uh, yes. Metal Men Great. hostage. And so he's, I guess then we're going to see. Oh, actually, that looks like um, specifically, not just in any old Metal Man. That's what's his name, who has all the powers of the Justice League, right? Oh, it's Amazo. Amazo. There you go. Cool. cool. So they're just doing everything. Like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. All the celebrated and weird parts of the DC Universe come to head in this book. It's great. Good fun. Really fun. So outside of the DC Universe... Wait, hang on. I read oh two more God, DC books. Oh, my God. What the books. fuck, Siobhan? I know. Sorry. <laughs> I read um, Batwoman, written by Marguerite Bennett, with art by Fernando Blanco, and uh, um, colors by John Rauch. Rauch? Anyway, um, the art's definitely the nicest thing about this book. It's still pretty good fun. This is like Batgirl versus Scarecrow. There are some really fun panels. Batwoman? Batgirl. Bat- oh, did I say Batgirl? Yeah. Batwoman. Batwoman versus Scarecrow. Batwoman. She is in a cell or something with a guy who's in that army thing with her dad. The army and we keep thing. getting flashbacks of her history. Cool. It's pretty good fun. I also read Nightwing just to check back in. And I'm checking back out and well, review. We might want to check back in soon because Tim Seeley and Sam Humphreys have swapped. So Ooh. Tim Seeley is doing uh, Green Lanterns. Oh, okay. And Sam Humphreys is going to take over Nightwing. Huh. So I, don't, I think it might, it might be the next issue. Did, did this feel like it was kind of at like a nice little wrap-up point when it ended? No. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when it's happening. I heard that today. Um, Astro City. Issue number 48 came out this week, and that came out through DC's Vertigo imprint. Um, and this is the second part of the story of uh, G-Dog, G the, the guy. I remember a while ago I talked about that beautiful issue about the the, 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 the super Corgi. The, mm-hmm. the Corgi who fused with his thief master, and, they, and because of the goodwill of the, of the puppy, he, the, the, the thief decided to change his ways and uh, bring some good into this world and fight crime. And uh, at the end of that issue, we learned that... Um, you know the, the dog's getting slower and he's sicker so he takes him to the vet and then finds out that like you know oh no, he's just getting old like mm. dogs only live to like 15 and then the guy's like oh fuck oh, and no. so this issue kind of filled in like you know what 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 does a superhero who, who is like you know changes life because of a dog do to honor like you know to pay respect to or like you know do to make sure that his super dog has the best life he can in the last years of his life and Cute. it was really beautiful and i teared up at awesome. the very end of it is excellent. Written by Kurt Busiek with uh, Mike Norton doing awesome art. Alex Ross on cover. Um, this is a great, great issue. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, just an, an ongoing plea to all listeners to start reading Astro City because it's just wonderful. Mm, I should read it. Not just listeners, hosts too. I should read <laughs> it too. Uh, so finally through DC, we got Wild, The Wild Storm, issue number eight, written by Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt and Steve Bucalato. Uh, and um, this was kind of like filling in people's backstories, and, mm. but in a really clever way. We got, yeah. we, got, we got we got a lot of backstories and crazy. Uh, it really got John Davis Hunter just draw some real fun weird yeah. shit. Holy moly! What a great looking issue. As we learn of the, the alien connection that some of the characters in this universe have, that and I was also aware like of. a weird mystical kind of connection. Yeah. Yep. Great. Yeah, really great. But again, it's still like, you know, we're eight issues into this 24-issue run and we're still like just playing setup. Yeah, yeah, just but getting I'm, the I'm band all, I'm all for it. I'm not complaining about that at all. It's just like, you know, 
Warren Ellis is, is, is in no hurry. Absolutely. He's just really fleshing out this universe. Um, and it's really good fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying this a lot. Really, really fun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Unfortunately, not as, an, not, not, not as filled with incredible action scenes as Last Issue, but... Um, but a great like hallucination. That's true. Sequence. That's a good trade-off. So I'm I'm down with that. So there's other reviews of uh, DC books, and uh, we got some feedback over um, last week. Oh yeah. Um, asking us to say the names of the comics as we finish reading them. Oh, we've really them. not been doing that. I just, I just <laughs> like my brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. I just want to like because you know we have we have to chug through so much. Yeah. That it just wants to move on to the next thing. Just pay attention for like one minute, guys. No, no, but you don't, even if you, okay. if you miss the name of the thing, if you go th- open up the, the show notes, which are in mm-hmm. like embedded in the, in the episode um, description on, on your, the podcast app of your choosing, or they're on our Tumblr, which is seriousissues.podcast.tumblr.com. Um, I put everything in order there and I even time code it by publisher. So failing that you can't just hit the... Mm. the there's a very convenient hit, go 15 seconds back in time button mm. on your phones, which you could use. But if you don't want to do that, it's all written in order. So if you miss anything, it's pretty easy to figure out where you are, especially if you just make note of the book that we started talking about after the one that you were like, what is that? Yeah. Just go back and look at it. Pretty nice. easy. Nice. Good call. Anyway, continue to give us feedback. I won't sass you, I promise. He will. I totally will. Um, so let's talk about Marvel now. And uh, boy, I might get some sass on some Marvel books this week. What yeah. do you reckon? Yeah, that was some trash. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Oh man, because I'm, I'm doing this. I did this, made a stupid decision that I know you didn't. <laughs> man, I didn't love any Marvel. Oh wait, fuck. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one. There's like, one incredible Marvel yes. book that came out this we week. We should probably talk about that. Um, and that is uh, the Mighty Thor issue 700, um, the death of the Mighty Thor part one, written by Jason Aaron. It is a 50 page Asgardian epic, mm-hmm. as chronicled by Jason Aaron with artists Russell Dorderman, Walter Simonson, Daniel Acuna, James Harron, Becky Cloonan, Das Pastoras, uh, Chris Burnham, Andrew McLean, Jill Thompson, Mike Del Mundo, Oliver Coipel, and then colorists Matthew Wilson, Dave Stewart, and Ive Schwarzschina. Um, this was 
so great. And it, what a mm. treat to get this so soon after Jason Aaron's legacy book as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Which is another, th- you know, big anthology kind of book written by him, but with different artists. Yep. Um, but this, where that one kind of jumped around to various parts of the Marvel universe, this was just all using characters that we've met during his Thor run, yeah, which he's, you know, I think he, he, he said the number, but it's between 60 and 70 issues that he's written now of this, you know, big Thor, 700 issues of Thor. Jason Aaron's done a, 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 a you know, a sizable amount of it. Um, 10%. That's, yeah. That's amazing. It's a lot. And I hope he never leaves um, because this was the best. Yeah, this was so good. I mean, I hope he leaves eventually. I hope he's allowed to die and that we haven't just like no, no, keep him alive him forever. A... <laughs> but like, man, every... Every page of this was so good. Like, it took me ages to get through, but in, like, a really positive way. Like, this was so crammed full of great stories. And, like, every... I want each and every single one of these little stories to be its own book now. Like, I want to read Andrew McLean's Loki book. I want to read Becky Cloonan's Teen Thor book. Like, there is so much that was really good fun in this. I loved it. I, I, I want to read the one I want to read the most is Jill Thompson's Frog Thor book. Yeah, that was great. Jill Thompson. Did, I fucking did love great. Jill Thompson. There, so I mean, we had so we have like immediately you have Walter Simonson just doing a nice big pinup of Thor, mm-hmm. classic Thor flying in the sky, um, and then uh, then we get Russell Dorderman doing the um, the unworthy the uh, the Odinson. Odinson pages as uh, he meets with um, the Queen of the Norns. Um, and then uh, we have a fight between Jane Foster and She-Hulk, which is unexpected, mm-hmm. um, drawn by Daniel Acuna. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like as as we continue, we get yeah, like like we go back in time to 896 AD, and we get a Teen Thor uh, sto- a little story drawn by Becky Cloonan. Um, then we get some uh, Dust Pastorus pages um, set in New Midgard, um, and then we get. I was stoked about this. Chris Burnham doing his mm. Marvel Comics debut, I think. Um, you would know him best from Batman Incorporated with Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, doing this incredible fight between, uh, like almost a continuation of the God Butcher stuff um, that, 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 this, that Jason Aaron's run started with, with this uh, like evil blade that's mm-hmm. uh, taken over Galactus. And so we have Galactus just going on a rampage, eating all these planets. And then who should stop him but Ego, the living planet, and uh, the two of them just getting this chaotic, gruesome fight. Then we get Loki and um, Lofay, his father, um, as depicted by Andrew McLean. Um, Jill Thompson doing the Frog Thor pages. Uh, where else? What else? It was just, just yeah. an absolute delight. A beautiful pinup, um, big double page spread of all the characters in the run. Um, of what's to come in, mm-hmm. in the book, uh, drawn by Russell Dorderman, with so many exciting moments. Yeah. Least exciting is is uh, the cancer-ridden Jane Foster lying dead on the moon. Yes. Um, but but uh, more exciting is Namor. Namor. That, that was that was my most exciting thing in there. So Namor the and that Valkyrie. If Namor dro- joins the cast, that'll be great. And then uh, Loki gets the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, which actually ties into Guardians of the Galaxy, which Jerry Duggan is writing, which is great. Some synergy in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Um, which is actually weirdly rare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy shit there. It looks like, what's, what's that big city on fire in the middle there? With, I don't know. Is that just Asgard or is it the World Tree? I don't even know. There's so much crazy shit going on here. Yeah. Um, and we also got a Warthor story. Yes. Poor old Volstag. Volstag's he back to being Warthor. He can't escape it. But, yeah. but it didn't feel forced. It was just no. like, fuck, okay, this is what's going on. And uh, they actually, drawn by James Harron, may have been my favorite pages. Yeah. Um, that was so, so good. And, and, there is an unexpected death. Yes. It's not going to make front page news, but, but I very upsetting. I, I gasped when yeah. it happened. I was saddened. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this, this book had everything and we know that the next big threat is Mangog, which is a classic Walter Simonson, Kirby mm. drawn character. And he's drawn so well. By James Harron. Yeah. It just looks amazing. So good. Um, and what's cool about um, having so many different artists on this book is that we see them draw things that we know eventually the great Russell Dorderman will draw. And that's mm. very exciting. That is very exciting. And then not getting a shout out on the cover, but um, they do the uh, the kind of final pages of this little backup material is uh, by Valerio Shitty. Mm. Who does, uh, he does a very beautiful Jane Foster Thor. Yeah, well, we, we saw him do um, all the War Thor issues recently. Mm. Good stuff. Great issue. Like just Excellent. so good. And we didn't really hint on the, hit the story parts much. I would have loved to have seen a bit more better a, or any better a bill in this, yeah. but hopefully he'll show up again. You got to assume. Soon. This is so great. Jason Aaron just loves, like, in the back matter, he does a little essay and it just says, I love Thor, like, Odin loves crazy hats. And I feel like that's such a good encapsulation of what he's done. He's brought, like, like even though it's really serious and, like, you know, Thor has cancer and all this kind of stuff, it's still so fun and he embraces all the really silly fun parts And of it Thor. looks beautiful too. Yep. Great, great, great issue. A celebration of, of, of the run that I've many, many times said is by far my favorite Marvel book. And every time I say it, Siobhan says, really? I just... I just- <laughs> There's just so many good Marvel runs. Well, we're, we're about to hit a lot. No, not, not ever. Oh, right. I mean, okay. like, I'm like, this currently. is my favorite one of the years. A favorite one currently. Yeah, well, yeah, probably yeah. currently. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about some other Marvel books that I enjoyed that I don't think you read. Um, mm. All New Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number 12, written by Jerry Duggan. This week had um, artist Rod Reyes show up. Um, Great. Who we really enjoyed on that space mystery book that Kyle Higgins wrote. Um, uh, I think it started with an H. Horizon? Uh, no. Nah. Uh, sorry, Rod. We forgot. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, good other Lord. writer who wrote it. Was it was really good. It was really great. Such a good mystery book in space too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, we also saw him on uh, the um, Secret Empire little fill-in pages as well. Um, but he's great, and, uh, and to see him on the Guardians book is really really cool. This uh, basically depicted them having to go to Earth um, and ask some Earth heroes about the um, Infinity Stones because Gamora is trying to find them. And uh, while they're on Earth, they got some uh, some stowaways. And so as they're leaving, dead, they find Deadpool on their ship and they kick him off. And then suddenly they're in the air and Ant-Man reveals himself. So, But they go, you know what? We like you. <laughs> and Ant-Man uh, decides to join. He's, he's part of the Guardians now. Which Ant-Man? Uh, Scott Lang. Huh. Um, yeah. And uh, it kind of ties really well into Nick Spencer's run and um, Secret Empire as well as to why. Why uh, is he going into space? Um, because he just wants to start afresh, I guess, more or less. <laughs> but it, it kind of he brings, just he, moved cities. We talks about his, his. He talks about Cassie and letting everybody down, and just it's like you know what, you know what's really going to not let everyone down? Me leaving the planet. Look, it made sense at the time. Okay, <laughs> not good parenting. <laughs> Meanwhile, Groot is hanging out in the swamps with Man Thing. Cool, which was really great, and we learn more about uh, like the the gardener who is like affecting his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they get back on the on the on their ship, and the Nova Corps are there, and they're saying you've got to come with the Nova Corps. So they're getting arrested by the Nova. Hooray! Cool. Or they're being made members of Nova Corps. I don't know. <laughs> this is great. It's super fun. Again, it's just like there's so many. Like you see Cable in this, but Cable ends up is actually Loki in disguise. Hilarious. Um, Doctor Strange is in it. It's just it's a really really fun. Not only is it an exploration of, of the Marvel cosmic side, but it's just an exploration and celebration of Marvel Universe and everything I like about it. Cool. So good. And it was good to see Man-Thing too. I love Man-Thing. Mm. So that's one of my favorite character designs. I love his oh, weird, yeah. weird tendrilly face. It's so cool. Like, 
I think it might be a better character design. Even though I like him more, I think Man Thing looks cooler than Swamp Thing. I agree. Cool. Glad we're coming to agreeance on that. Okay, cool. So we've got a whole bunch of pretty mediocre Marvel books to get through. Yeah. I have significantly more than you. Uh, you. You pick one that we both read and then I'll pick one that, I, that you didn't. Um, I read Cable. Mm-hmm. We both read Cable. 150. Yep. The Newer Mutants, part one. Written by Ed Brisson, um, with art by John Mallon. Hilariously, I don't even remember how the James Robinson Cable series ended. I know I finished it, but I don't know what happened. Yeah, um, but uh, John Mallon is uh, making headlines this week in the uh, controversy, con- controversial Twitter headlines. Oh, no. Because he drew one of the mutants in, on, in the next issue of this with impossibly big boobs in a dumb suit. It just feels like something that oh. you know, artists don't do anymore. And he's, he's gone and done it. <laughs> Um, Which one? Uh, Blink. Yes, Blink. Right. Um, but uh, I, so I went into this because I didn't. I didn't like Melon's art on that um, on the Thunderbolts run that he did last year at all. Mm. And so I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. But I really liked his art in this. Even yeah, it was pretty good fun. Like, he has a bad very... piece of Liefeld feet. Yeah, but, um... yeah. But I sort of felt like that was maybe a tribute. <laughs> sure, you can call it that. <laughs> but it did have like there was a certain Liefeld esque. I call it not vibe. Belie- not believing in the existence of toes. <laughs> Um, I, I've never seen any. So this is Cable. Um, th- what is he doing again? He's just kind of... He's getting a team together. And the first person he gets is Longshot. They go get Dupe. Wait, why is he getting a team together? Well, I was hoping we could remember that while we talked about who was on the team. And um, you might think be thinking as you look at all, the, all these characters, they look different to when they show up elsewhere in books this week. And that's because he's going to different part, to different eras mm. and picking them from, from, the, from the time stream. So you get a uh, 13 years ago long long shot. Right. So this is about the Eternals. The Eternals. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's cool. And all the no, Eternals the, no, are dying. No, the, the Externals are the Exiles. Oh, okay. Is it the Exiles or the Eternals? Are I thought different? it was the Eternals. I, think I, said, don't, I don't know. Fuck. There, there, there are Exiles and there are Externals. Uh, Eternals. And these people call themselves Externals. So maybe what? it's a blend of both. Confusing. It's a mashup. Anyway, they're all dying, but they can't <laughs> die because they're immortal cable, you idiot. Or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, we got we got Dupe, we got Shatterstar, who looks great. He looks great, except his feet. <laughs> yeah, but his <laughs> ponytail like is amazing. Plot, plotty, plotty, fit, like flippers. Yeah. But yeah, I guess he's going to continue getting other obscure mutant characters from the time stream to help him kill people who can't die. Yep. Like the cover of this is what sold me because it has Blink X twenty three and armor on it, and I was like, cool. Yep. I'm sold. Great. <laughs> So I'll, I'll keep reading this. Yeah, me too. Otherwise I thought it was pretty good fun. Yeah, it was, it was just a fun romp. Yeah. Um, speaking of fun romps, did you read X-Men Gold? Yeah, let's, let's keep things X, X-rated yeah. at the moment. I am enjoying this current Mojo Worldwide arc. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm in the mix of enjoying it because it's yes. really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just finished an issue in like two minutes. I'm like, cool, that happened. And it just references things that I already like. Sure, it's like, yeah, Mojo is kind of sending the X-Men through their greatest hits. Yeah. Um, it's fun and silly and dumb, but I kind of also want it to end, but also I don't want to keep reading it when it does end. So I'm, that's a weird quandary that I find myself in. Mm. Yep. I know what you mean, but, um, it's still pretty, it's, it's silly. Yeah. Um, that's all I kind of want from Xbox. Bit yeah. Of silliness. I like Mark Laming's art too. Yeah. It was good. Um, Generation X also. I stopped reading this. Oh, really? Should why? I have done that? I don't know why. I never just, I there's too many books. I enjoyed the last issue. Um, with, with written, by, face. <laughs> written by Christina Strain with art by Eric Coda. This is like this whole um, arc has just been Quentin Quire and two of the new characters whose names are like Ben and Nathaniel, but I can't remember what their superhero names are. Um, 
so they've infiltrated a auction run by who's that evil little kid? Um, the kid. Yeah, evil little kid. evil little kid. Whatever. Um, heir to evil throne or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, this basically has what I like about X Men books, which is like people wanting to date but not being able to tell each other. And it was very cute, very well handled. Um, all these sort of queer characters, and it was nice. Yeah, anyway, it's nice. It's, they've they've handled this sort of queer boys wanting to date but not being able to tell each other really well and it's very sweet and funny and it's good Quentin Quire stuff and I enjoyed this a lot cool they are the X books this week yes so. I read uh, issue number 593 of the Invincible Iron Man okay which is the search for Tony Stark part one and is this so, that's the Riri Williams one right so it's Riri Williams and it's uh, Doom okay so the book, two books are one now so we have um, Stefano Caselli doing the kind of Riri Williams um, uh, Mary Jane, Tony Stark's mum, um, pages, and then we have Alex Maleev doing the Doom kind of related pages. Oh, yeah! Wow, uh, so it's literally both books are one book now. Yeah, and and so Tony Stark's body, which has been comatose since Civil War Two, is missing, um, and uh, we see a like a bald, hairless figure emerge from this from a suit. And um, and put on a new one. I guess that's what Tony Stark looks like without a moustache. I don't know. Kind Whoa, of looks more like horrible. Um, but wow, look, it's it, really icky. It set up enough cool things for me to keep reading. Um, like I said, I'm on a I'm on a Bendis tear at the moment, mm. where I'm pretty okay with most things he's doing. <laughs> pretty okay. <laughs> as good as it's gonna get. But uh, yeah, this is this is cool. Although um, at one point, Mary Jane is like she's like leading the. Um, Big Stark Industries Expo. She's the host of it or whatever. And um, you see thousands of people at the expo. And in the background is uh, an image from when um, Peter Parker revealed his identity during Civil the First Civil War, which we now oh, know yeah. has been, like, forgotten. But they've kind of, like... You, Everyone's laughing because Marvel pretty much spoiled, spoiled <laughs> they the secret outed to Peter their Parker again. Yeah, exactly. But I think that um, Bendis has gone on and said like, "Oh, it was a dress-up party." Like, Amazing. <laughs> but so it's very funny that that like slipped through everyone. Yeah, no, no one realized. Oh, maybe we shouldn't put that up in front of thousands of people. Um, but yeah, this is cool. I, I think that it was classic. You know, just lots of kind of explaining what happened in the, in the previous two uh, series and then setting up a new cool thing. Um, I guess we're going to get Tony Stark back at some point soon. Oh, good. I'll be reading. He's not gone anywhere, though. I mean, but, well, I mean, we'll get the real... I mean, oh, shit. Imagine if, like, real flesh and bones Tony Stark has a fight with AI Tony Stark. Oh, God. Sign me up. That sounds awful. Uh, so, while we're talking about other heroes, uh, big... big <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was a good segue. Big heroes. Um, you know, the Avengers. Uh, let's talk about The Incredible Hulk, number 709. I also read this. This is my first issue of Incredible Hulk... Featuring Amadeus Cho. Yeah. Um, Previously, the Totally Awesome Hulk. No, it's just the Incredible Hulk. He's not awesome um, anymore. And this is Amadeus Cho as Hulk being sent to... Is it the same planet or is it just a planet featuring the same kind of races that we met in uh, the kind of classic now, now classic yeah. Planet Hulk story? I haven't read Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. It's good. It's oh, yeah, really I know. Fun. People yeah, yeah. tell me I should, um, uh, but I haven't. So this this me. was just treading water for me. I was so yeah, bored by it. It was very boring. It was Sorry. Really, really, really by the numbers. Um, Sorry, Greg Pack. Greg Pack, and then art by Greg Land, which didn't help, uh, yeah. help me to love this anymore. Although yeah. it was okay, Greg Land. 
Yeah. There, wasn't, there weren't many porn faces. <laughs> Hulk just looks like he's in porn the whole time. <laughs> he, looked like the, he looked like the rock at many points. Mm, um, that's good. Yeah. But as in like he looked like he got, he was tra- his face was traced over the rock a couple of times <laughs> in the issue. In the issue. Uh, but it was just, yeah, like it, it, I think you, you could have done way more interesting things in revisiting this story. But instead it's just like, let's just take this version of the Hulk to the same place again and he has to fight. The exact same thing. Yeah. You guys um, like that thing, right? I'm going to do the exact same thing, so, but this time with Amadeus Cho. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll put a spin on it soon, but I'm not going to stick around. I don't really need to read, read this book. Yeah, I think I might be finally. I've read so much of the Totally Awesome Hulk, but I think I might be done. The Totally Awesome Hulk, Amadeus Cho, shows up in Champions issue number 13 this week. The Worlds Collide arc continues as the Champions are back-to-back with the Avengers, uh, written by Mark Wade with uh, Humberto Ramos on, uh, on art. And I thought, I like Ramos a lot, so mm. I was uh, looking forward to this. But I thought this was like a step down from how fun the first the Avengers issue leading into this was. Agreed. Um, and that's all I have to say, really. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm probably still going to read it because it is just a mindless superhero comic. Yay. And I, I clearly don't have enough of those on my plate yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who else is on? Uh, do we have any other heroes that I can see you into? No, I don't. Um, so I'm going to review Venom. Good. Issue number 156, written by Mike Costa with Mark Bagley on art. Oh, my goodness. Still doing great art. Like That's I, exciting. I said when I read the, the, the last issue of this, like how much I love the, the Bagley mm. art, and this one is just so good. And the reason I like this so much is that it is Venom versus Craven the Hunter. That it's is super fun. super-duper fun. And um, it, it has, like, Venom basically having to, having to work with the police to kind of outwit Craven the Hunter. It's really, Ooh. really cool. It's just, you know, and it's, it's not... Not anything groundbreaking. It's just a really, really fun action comic hmm. featuring a character that I really, really love, drawn by an artist who I used to love, doing work that I haven't seen him do this good in a long time. Mm. So I don't know if, how much of that falls on the inkers, John Dell and Scott Hanna, but I also have really enjoyed seeing all of Mark Bagley's art in the um, legacy backups. That has been in fun. the last month too. So maybe Bagley is just on a good one at the moment. Mm. Um, so Venom is vaguely a spider character. I also went back and visited Gwenum. Sorry, Gwen. Spider Gwen. Good lord. Because uh, this arc is called Gwenum. This is uh, the first legacy issue of this now. A good little jumping on point, I thought. Um, I love that Latour, who is the writer of this book, um, is able to kind of just do whatever he wants in, yeah. um, in Spider Gwen's world. And I think it is cool. I just, it doesn't hold me month to month. Yeah. It is something that one day I would love to binge read. But um, at this point, I'm, I'm kind of good. Yeah. I sort of wish I enjoyed it more. I, I love I her costume like so Latour. much. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's a great character design. Oh man! Speaking of Jason Latour, did you yeah. see the thing that was shared today um, in our in our Facebook group? It's also been on Twitter all, all, all the past twenty four hours. Jason Latour wrote and drew. Oh my god! Yes, a comic based on a conversation that he had with Ryan North, yes. the comic creator and writer, um, and Chip Zdarsky. Um, three names that you should be very familiar with. Yep. Listen to the, the podcast. We love pretty much all everything they do um, about. Uh, Porky Pig and Looney Tunes. Yeah. His argument where Ryan North <laughs> seems to hold Elmer Fudd in a high regard that no one else on the planet does. He thinks he's like a good man and a family man. Good. It's so funny, it's guys. so funny. You can find it um, at Jason Latour on, uh, on Twitter or on Instagram or you can yeah. find it on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. But follow um, Jason Latour's good value on oh, And so are Ryan North and Chips Yeah. Chipsarski is one of the funniest people. I really want Tom King to weigh in because Tom King did that Elmer Fudd book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. 
Um, so, uh, what about Luke Cage? Did you read Luke Cage this week? Nah. Luke Cage, issue number 166, written by Kev Walker. Sorry, not Kev Walker. He's the artist. No way. Da- David F. Walker. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you meant Kev Walker was no, the no. artist on this. I was like, no. oh, man, I yeah. wish I read oh, it. Oh, we need two Walkers. That'd be great. No, art on this one is by Guillermo Sanna, um, and art is, the color is by Marcio Men- Menes. Um, and what I liked about this was that it was not the really, really grim mm. uh Cage book that we had a couple of issues ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it follows him immediately from that, and he's driving back from New Orleans to New York. Cool. Um, which is like an eight-hour drive or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, on the way, he uh, he stops at a diner, and there's nefarious things going on in that diner. Um, cool. And uh, this saw him go head to head with someone who has mind control powers, and he ends up in jail at the end. So I'm going to keep reading this. Well done, Legacy. You got me back. I've just noticed that I've missed, in, in, in all of my 20-issue reading Marvel glory, I've missed an issue of a Marvel book that I actually love, and that's Secret Warriors, issue number seven. Yep, we're, uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg with artist Juanen Ramirez. Juanen Ramirez. And colours by John Rauch. Rauch, again. Pronounced your name wrong again. I'm sorry. Um, it's I... fine. Two, two mispronunciations make a, make a well-pronounced one. Um, I didn't... He love this issue right because um, it was very deadpool heavy no not even that i don't think it was was deadpool in it at all is he on the cover he's on the cover oh he is on the cover yes yeah, <laughs> there he is also on those yes, pages sorry so this has all been like quake trying to track down deadpool because he killed phil colson and That's he's right. the only person who's ever been good to quake ever in her life and so she has to kill deadpool so makes sense yeah i mean sort of um I think maybe it was the art. I just didn't find this as like engaging or charming as I have in the past. Maybe it's just this arc. But now this is finished, and I think the team's kind of back together a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna like help Dante do just do something. I don't know. It's not that exciting anymore, to be honest. It was cool when they were like rebel outlaws. Yeah, well, it's, funnily enough, it's one of the books that has almost gotten worse now that it isn't tying into an event. Yeah, weird. Um, I will I will uh, read this book and make up my own mind. Yeah, I think I just get um, overexcited by the Tradmore covers. Yeah, me too. Um, so I read uh, Monsters Unleash issue number seven. Hilarious. Um, because it was a legacy issue and I was like, oh, I'll give this How a... How is that a legacy? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, seven. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> um, and this is written by Cullen Bunn, um, who has announced that he's uh, finishing on this series soon and passing over to someone else. Uh, written with art by Andrea Bracado and colours by Chris Sotomayor. And uh, as if this couldn't get any less appealing, um, the this arc is called And Lo, There Came a Poison. And poisons were the names of the, the enemies in that uh, Venomverse uh. thing that Cullen Bunn wrote. And so this ties into Venomverse. And, uh, Good. That's what everyone wanted, it, it right? It was a real bore. Um, so I won't be re- continuing with this. Good call. Uh, but we both read Doctor Strange, issue number 26. This is the final weird little fill-in before we get, um, what's his name, taking over? Uh, Donny Cates. Oh, yeah. I almost said Phoebe Cates. <laughs> That would be great. Who's Phoebe Cates? Um, Phoebe Cates is like the um, 80s heartthrob. She's the the, the, oh. the girl in Gremlins. Oh. Yeah, she's great. Great. She took her top off in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's all it takes, guys. Uh, this issue of Doctor Strange is written by John Barber with art by Nico Henriksson. Um, and uh, I really didn't like the last issue, which was a weird fill-in, but I thought this was considerably better. Yeah, it's pretty good fun. Don't, the art about, was don't, don't ask me what it's about. I have no idea. I can't remember. It's like it was kind of magic zombies kind of it yep but the art was pretty nice it was just an action an action romp 
Yep. Um, but I thought uh, Barbara wrote Strange and uh, Zelma, Zelma yeah. quite well. Does Zelma have a defined ethnicity? Because I feel like she changes drastically from artist to artist. She's just New York. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. New York hipster. Mm. So those are the Marvel books that we read. Um, and we've got some image books to review now for you. Um, so let's kick things off with, uh, fuck, there were some very good image books this yeah. week. Um, some of our absolute favourites. But let's start with an almost favourite, Kill the Minotaur, number five, the penultimate issue of this miniseries, mm-hmm. um, written by uh, Chris Pesetto and Christian Cantemessa, with um, art by Lucas Kettner, colours by Jean-Francois Bellou. Um This is the kind of uh, ancient Greek... Um, f- like kind of more weirdly... Just retelling of the Minotaur story. In which uh, various teens have to go into the labyrinth and fight mm-hmm. a Minotaur. Including, is it Theseus? Yes. Who is the Prince of Athens. Um, and uh, it's super grisly and gory. Yep. And there's a big kind of mystical sci-fi element. Well, yeah. Sci- hard sci-fi really yeah, yeah, element yeah. to it. Because the, the labyrinth was put here by... By aliens. That's right. Um, and uh, there's this this issue ends with only two of them left. It's been the kind of like a horror yeah. horror comic where where you know different members of the crew get taken out yep. one after after the other, and uh, it's it's almost done. Yeah, it kind of is like a straight up horror book almost. Yeah, definitely. I hadn't made that connection until you said that, but it yeah. really like adheres to a couple of horror genre sort of things. There's a lot of like suddenly there's a massive arm right through the middle yeah. of the character. Um, but uh, the there is. I just want to shout out. The like, Minotaur is so scary. The Minotaur is proper scary in, in yeah. that it's like a creature that you've never seen in a comic book before that adapts and and has like a scary face. Well, or he has any face he wants. That he ta- even takes the faces of the people that he's eaten. Mm. Um, but uh, there's a brilliant the the middle page spread here is um, the three big moments within the plot. You have uh, two characters falling into the depths. You have uh, the the father of Theseus, um, kind of the king of Athens, down yeah, that's right, down at the pier, and then you have another bloke tossing a coin into the into the the sea to kind of, I guess, is what he's trying to decide, or he's trying to call on. I don't know. What, I mean, in any case, it's all going on at the same time, and each panel jumps from one thing to the other as it progresses, and something horrible happens. And I thought it was a really, really great comic book storytelling. Yeah, this was great. I love this artist whose name I've immediately forgotten. Lucas Kettner. Yeah, right? um, yeah, incredible. And the colors look so great. This is a really fun, cool book. Well, I liked well, it a lot. Yeah, and it, and it's only gotten better with each issue. We love that first issue, yeah. and I feel like it's a a lot of minis kind of peter out, especially yeah. when they're such high concept, crazy ideas like this one is. And I'm, I hope they stick the landing. And I'm totally. having, I have a pretty good idea that they will. I think they will. And it's so funny as well. Something that's like set, um, you know in a sort of magical sci-fi version of the past, but it is such a like familiar story for many people to have it feel so like fresh and new is really exciting. And they've actually like in the back, um, it's been picked up. They're going to make a movie of it, which like I'm actually kind of on board for, because I think, I think it would make a good movie as well. Make a great animated movie. (laughs) The, um, the art is definitely the the high point of this. I doubt that you could do a version of the Minotaur that is as grotesque in cinema. Um, did you read issue two of The Realm? I sh- by did. Seth M. Peck and Jeremy Horn with I think Nick I gave up halfway through. and Thomas Mao. Really, you didn't like this issue? Oh no, I did read the whole thing, but I, I, I'm I'm still not totally sold. Yeah, this is like post-apocalyptic. Imagine if The Walking Dead 
had but orcs. fantasy orcs and shit in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we the, the the kind of bulk of this is like a um, a merc kind of figure who is just does different missions for people anyone anyone who'll pay him basically. And so mm-hmm. he's escorting uh, different men and women of science. Um, and something mysterious uh, from one part of America to the other. And uh, while we, we don't really see them come up against... Oh, we, we see them getting caught in the crossfire as they enter orc territory. Um, but it's very much like it, it just gives you little vignettes from other mm. things going on in the world at the same time and, tr- and builds a world that way, which can get it... It doesn't really hook you as, as much as other ways would. But yeah. it, it is. It, I think it will, the payoff will be good. I think I just find this like a boring world. It's a kind of fantasy that I don't have much of a connection with. Yeah. And I sort of am like, nah. Yeah. What if Dungeons and Dragons, but everyone swore and referenced movies? Yeah, sure. I, I kind of, you know, Kirkman does a really good job of like ensuring that you are hooked on and every, every final issue of Walking Dead ends on like this crazy cliffhanger. Mm. And this ends on like the murkiest, like who gives a shit cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, but it's, I don't know, it's, 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 it's entertaining enough. I just, um. I, I, I'm not going to keep reading it, I don't think. Yeah. I think that's I, I, I might give it another issue. Nice. Um, I did love the uh, Jeff Lemire variant, though. Did you see yeah, that Yeah, beautiful. Real good. More on Jeff Lemire later in the episode, though. Um, so, other image really? books. That I read a bunch that you didn't even read. Yeah, I know. And I, I didn't read anything else by Jeff Lemire, so that's annoying um, for me. Oh, you read Yeah, yeah. Descender. So, I'm talking about, about Descender right now. I'm yeah, talking nice. about Jeff Lemire right now. So, Descender, issue number 25, written by Jeff Lemire with Dustin Nguyen on art. Um this is like kind of part of this big kind of semi-event called Rise of the Robots, which has not been as eventful as I thought it would be, but it has been very interesting and cool. And uh, we've seen a lot of backstory and a lot of character moments um, for the characters within this world, which is about, uh, you know, a ro- big robot ro- uprising in space. Mm. Um, and uh, humans don't trust the robots. And we have a bunch of characters from each side to kind of to watch as, as all this unfolds um, and it all base is all based around this robot called Tim 21 who was a kind of companion robot to one of our human characters in this book I've always felt like this was like in the same sense that Black Hammer is kind of Jeff Lemire's homage to or love letter to Golden, Golden Age, Age superheroes is kind of his love letter to Astro Boy definitely I don't know if that's that just way. me no but... at one point um, Tim 21 is stranded in space and he yells jet boots on and then he suddenly blasts and he looks extremely Cool. It's great. It's actually he straight up looks like Astro Boy, and there's like a an evil version of Tim Twenty One called Tim Twenty Two. Great. Um, and we see Tim Twenty One and Tim Twenty Two come to a head. Cool. Tim Twenty Two has taken out a lot of people that Tim Twenty One loves, and uh, I'm very excited about what's going to happen next. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really really good series. It's the one that I'm most like. I wish I was reading. Pick all these trades up. Yeah, time. You can do it. All right. Just don't read all these dumb comics that you have to read for your (laughs) podcast. Um, so I read a bunch that you didn't read and we're yeah. eventually going to get to Spy Seal or Kill or Be Killed. But first, uh, I want to hear the books that I didn't read. So I didn't read Shirtless Bear Fighter or Generation Gone. You want to talk about those? Uh, yeah. So this was the final issue of Shirtless Bear Fighter, issue five, written by people's, uh, Jody Lehiop. Yep. The, that's how it's pronounced. And Sebastian Gurner with art by Neil Vendrell, colors by Mike Spicer, letters by Dave Lanfear. Um, this is just like... Like, how far can we take the joke of the bears shit in the woods? Yes, they do. This is all about poop and toilet paper and logging and a guy with a giant penis who runs around fighting bears nude. Um, this was, like, more fun than it should have been, given sure. that description and how disparaging I just sounded. 
this was actually really good fun. And I think that's largely down to the quality of the cartooning. Really sells the jokes. Things actually land because of how visually funny it is. Um, and I think that this is going to continue, maybe. It sort of has a, like, very open ending where Shirtless Bear Fighter is now part of a sort of bear fighting special ops team. Okay. Um, so which we'll probably, probably get a sequel. Possibly. But even Shirtless if you don't... Shirtless Bear Fighters. <laughs> maybe but um i think that if the name appeals to you you will enjoy this and it'll be a good um sort of it'll make a good trade i lasted three issues but i thought it was a, a long ongoing I, I no if, had i have known that it was a, a mini i would have continued yeah. to the end probably. it's pretty good fun cool uh so i read uh, a few that siobhan didn't i read savage dragon number 227 i've got to start reading savage dragon bro it's so good ah. and like what's great about this one which sees uh savage dragon or the son of savage dragon and his wife and kids uh move to canada because um donald trump won't allow aliens in uh in america hilarious um and uh you get a bunch of like fun trudeau jokes as well great um but uh what I think is really, really great about this series is that, like, it's as much a slice of life book that talks mm. about, like, like sex and family um, as it is, like, a superhero book. So, mm. you have, like, a bunch of heroes that are stranded in this space dimension while uh, Dragon and his wife and kids uh, try and, like, you know, meet new people in, in Toronto and, and fit in. Oh, cute. And move in and, like... It That's was- what I wanted from... Superman, when they move back to Metropolis, I want to see John making friends at school. 100%. Pick up Savage Dragon. It's it's really, really great. Man. I, I haven't, I've, I've only read from issue 225 onwards, and um, so far, two issues in from that point, all I want to do is go and read the earlier the stuff because I love issues. this so, so much, not because I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's it's, cool. It's really, really great. I'm really, really happy that I'm reading this, and I hope Jimmy is this because uh, I'm, I'm a convert. Convert to, to the Church of Savage. That's right. Nice. Beautiful. Um, I also read issue, what number issue is this? Issue four of Generation Gone, the weird Alice Cott um, sort of superhero teen drama thing with the abusive boyfriend story arc. Yeah. Who more and more appears to be the hero of the book or at least not the hero, but like he's kind of the last man standing almost. Mm. Yeah. this is fine. Alice Cott has done way better stuff. I think that he has great potential, but occasionally kind of goes to a stupid place trying to be um, controversial. Right. And so I think there's there's a lot of weirdness in this. But then also, like, I don't know, whatever. It's fine. The art's really good. Cool. Hmm. Um, so I mentioned Jim earlier and uh, another book that I know he loves. Jim is, uh, of course, the curmudgeonly... Uh, He's Grumpy Cat. Grumpy Cat. He's Grumpy, Grumpy Cat, Cat of, of King's Comics. Yeah. Uh, you can hear him on our previous episodes of Serious Issues. Um, he actually looks like um, <laughs> the, the hero of, uh, he of, of Mage, uh, Kevin Matchstick. Um, and Ten I read years ago, though. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> issue three of, uh, of Mage, The Hero Denied, um, written and drawn by Matt Wagner with colors by Brendan, Brennan Wagner. Um, who's that? Maybe his son. That's adorable. If it's his that son. would be adorable. Or his brother or something. I don't know. But um, this is a, a book all about a, a superhero growing old and having to uh, to have kids around when his enemies are attacking him and stuff like that. Oh, but heavy. It, it deals with it not in the way that you would expect where mm. like, like, yes, this issue ends with him um, deciding to leave town to entice his enemies away from him, mm-hmm. uh, from his family, sorry. Um, but before we get there, we get his like really just like really calmly explaining 
who he is and why people are attacking him to his son. Aww. And it's like, it's really, really well done. So yeah, cool. I, 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 I've thoroughly enjoyed this issue and, and for taking something that, you know, family and superheroes don't mix very well sometimes and mm. they, it's done very, very well on this. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm really happy. Again, another book that I've only just recently come on two, three issues ago. Um, it has a long history and lots of fans, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it and don't feel the need to go back and read the prior stuff, although I want to. Nice. It's the best possible review you can yep. give something um unfortunately we'll not continue the positivity for they're not like us issue number 16 not because i don't think it looks incredible such um, a beautiful looking book i wish by, i knew um, what the fuck was going on simon gain and geordie belair written by eric stevenson um one of the uh, head honchos over at image but unfortunately it, it this this issue came comes very very late and this is a quite a convoluted story mm. um that i read the first two trades of and was super into and now i've kind of been reading it in single issue format but i've just forgotten everyone yeah and um and like you know simon Gaines' style especially with the women that he draws they um their their defining features are easy to get confused so it's mostly yeah. just what kind of haircut does this one have yeah um so i just was a bit lost and so i think i might wait for the third trade to come out and then i'll just kind of catch up that way nice good call um finally i read um 100 issue 141 of invincible how many issues is it going to um there it's are good. going to be three more issues after this okay, one okay cool 144. Wow, that um, seems like a weird number to end it on. I think he just figured out how much story. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would have gone to 150, padded out a little bit, but uh, Robert Kirkman's a better man than me. Uh, written by Robert Kirkman with art by um, Ryan Otley and inks by Mark Morales, colours by Nathan Fairbairn. Um, this is Robert Kirkman's big superhero epic that's unfortunately coming to an end very soon. Um, and uh, this is a much quieter issue than the last few have been, which was just a big fight that took our, our hero and the biggest villain of the series to the sun for their final battle. And now we see everybody recovering. Um, a big key character dies. Oh, and no. we have uh, a, a farewell to a character on their deathbed done much better than when... Uh, Rick had to say somewhat, farewell to somebody in The Walking Dead a few months ago. Um, I thought that uh, Kirkman's writing in this was a lot was a lot stronger, stronger and a lot more emotive. I, it almost as if like he cares more about these characters than his Walking Dead characters. But uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this issue. It's much more what I hoped the finale would be like, even though it was sad. That is a part of what Invincible has become. So um, I'm, I'm much more for an issue that does this than just a straight up fighting issue. Cool. Uh, and that means finally we get to talk about our two favorite comics. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to assume that they were your favorite comics of the week too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, just like just everything that I want in comics. It really I, I can is. find on these two issues. Um, Spy Seal issue number three and Kill or Be Killed issue number 13. What do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Spy Seal first. Spy Seal written and drawn by Rich Tomasi. Tomaso. 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 Um, in the style of Tintin, except mm-hmm. with anthropomorphic animals, mm-hmm. um, a, li- a literal spy seal. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, which is unfortunately the, fi- the the second last issue of the first kind of volume of this. So oh, man, I, hope a break. Can- I hope it goes on. I hope it continues. I hope he releases the trade of this in the big same size format <gasps> as the Tintin. That would be so fun. Would be I would so love awesome. that. Yeah. I also just like that size format. I wish my Tintin, my, I have these dumb little... Tintins. Fun and I wish I had. Ones, but you're right. They are so much better in the big size. Yeah. Angus from Hey Fam has the, all the uh, originals ah. in that big original format. I'm going to kill him. So dope. Yeah, let's, 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 let's both kill Angus. Cool. And then you can host Hey Fam too. Hey, nice. Um, um, this was a great bit. Um, sorry. <laughs> this was great because there was a bit where a sexy bird lady in a negligee like catches um, Spicy or falling out of building between her like 
hilariously human legs. Yes. And then also he goes, how's your wing? And she goes, it's fine. And she's just got arms. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good, guys. Um, it's it's such a good book. It's so much fun. And like you, there are massive pages of dialogue. Yeah. Like, it's a breeze to get through. Absolutely. Um, and the colours are like, the colours are so beautiful. It looks like, it, it looks so yeah. legitimately in the style of Tintin. It's surprisingly easy to, to read. Yeah, like, I absolutely. Mean, like, I, I, I'm not saying that as like a dummy. I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes when something's very wordy and, and, and referencing something mm. from, from, many years ago it can be a chore to get through and this is the complete opposite of that absolutely um, it looks phenomenal and the writing's really really funny and witty and cute and spice is such a great character totally he's this sort of like cheeky london gent yeah it's great um yeah there's some great great little english mannerisms that pop up throughout mm-hmm. the book um and uh, i guess we, we can go into, into depth when we when we hear the read the final issue mm. of this arc but god I, I love this so much and I, I really hope that we get to a point where we can expect this regularly yeah absolutely one spicy old book per year please <laughs> kill or be killed issue number 13 by ed brubaker sean phillips and elizabeth breitweiser um first of all kudos to them for putting their names on the front cover so i can read them out without having <laughs> Thanks, to find guys. their names from within not that i would ever forget what their names are anyway no. um this is like like I feel like at least one of the best value comics on the on the shelves. Mm. Three ninety nine gets you like um, I feel like a much bigger than you like. It's always a few pages over your twenty the standard twenty four mm-hmm. story wise. Then with all this great backup material, a great letter from from Ed Brubaker. Yeah, but the story has finally come full circle. Mm-hmm. We have finally caught up with the events from the first issue of Kill or Be Killed, um, and uh, what a ride it's been. Oh man, and there's so much in this book that like. It keeps being constantly surprising. Like, I'd actually forgotten the whole thing of um, our lead character's father had committed suicide. I'd forgotten that. So it was, like, interesting like, to be reminded ago, of that. W- w- when the main character was 10 years old. Yes. It's not something that happened midway. No. <laughs> no. Um, and then we also find out that he had a brother or a half-brother who also committed suicide and he has no memory of him. Like, this is so constantly interesting because you have no idea whether it's kind of going to go in like a purely psychological sense or if there is going to be really a big scary demon who's telling him to kill people yeah and that is constantly interesting i think 100 percent. i I thought this was a really really excellent issue but of course it was absolutely us saying we love this book is like us saying hello and welcome to serious issues exactly a weekly but, mobile podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the character design is so good as well like so he has good. such a distinctive face and i feel like that's really um you don't usually get that in comics like You'll be like, oh, yeah, Spider Jerusalem because he has no hair and tattoos all over his head and he has all these accessories. But this um, Lee character whose name I've forgotten, that's how distinctive he is. Dylan has such a unique face. I think that's really cool. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's just the, you know, the power of, of Phillips. Absolutely. One of the best artists in the biz. He sure um, is. I, uh, you know, it's taken 13 issues to catch up to that first issue, but now I'm truly excited for what's to come next. Yeah. Because now we're like, holy fuck, where, does he, what, 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 where do we go from here? Just a straight up action book. Fucking hell. Just shooting, shooting mobsters in the, the Punisher. faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the image books. We've done EDC and Marvel. All that's left is other publishers. My favorite publisher. Nice. You, you have read so many more than me. How? That's crazy. All right. I'll burn through a few. That I mean, I already said animosity. I did, what didn't enjoy too much. But yep. um, this issue um, saw our main characters uh, try and help some bees. Cool. Um, I think... Yeah, having having a character, a big swarm of bees as a character is pretty fun, actually. That's pretty fun. Um, but, you know, it's just an okay book. Yeah. Um, but uh, Only Press this week put out Made Men, issue number two. I was hoping that you were going to jump on board with this one. Yeah, I can't this remember. is the one where it turns out that the um, the police, the, the federal agent is a... Um, 
is a Frankenstein. Oh and yeah. And so after her after her her team is completely destroyed, she puts them back together. Um, and uh, one of them is just we find out that like she wasn't able to revive. Their, her friends like all of her friends as they were uh-huh. so like she's had to like some of them are like both both of their minds in the same body oh amazing um, one of them just has the head of a lion great and therefore is just their, her friend's body with the head and brains of a lion great but maybe like the heart of her friend so he's like you know he, just, <laughs> he can tell good from bad that's good um and then like yeah like other people like from throughout history have been like they've their brains have been put in her friends' bodies and stuff like that. What? So it's like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's and so insane. It's really, really good. How would a lion just all of a sudden be like? I mean, he's now still I just eats have people. two legs. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? And how would a human body books. process the Comic meat? Books. It's great. Written by Paul Tobin, art by Yuna uh, Sassini, and go- colors by Gonzalo Duarte. Um, this is a really, really great book. It's called Made Men. Great. Thank you. Pretty funny. To me for saying Good. the name of the comic twice. <laughs> but this is a, it's a really, really fun book and one that I, I will look forward to reading many issues of in the future. Mm. Um, as we see, like, basically, like, they, she, she brings back the, um, the daughter of a, uh, a dead daughter of a mobster in mm. this one and now is kind of going to work with, with him and the police force that she was once a part of to kind of do reanimation jobs. But also it's like fighting crime and stuff. Uh, it's a cool concept. Silly. Yeah. Real good. Um, the final issue of. Faith and the Future Force came out this week, uh, written by Jody Hauser with Carrie Nord, Brian Fees, and Ulysses Ariola. Great. Um, and uh, this was basically Faith kept having to go back in time to stop this big threat, but every time she she failed and had to bring back more heroes, and she realized in this issue, I should stop bringing back heroes, I'll bring a villain. And uh-huh. um, we actually saw the kind of origin story of like her main villain is the biggest action movie star in 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 this universe mm-hmm. so when he's not acting in movies he's like being evil great and killing people and faith is trying to stop him and it, yeah I, I thought using him in this was really really fun it was a fun ending to this book and really strongly mm, cool oh, cool i love jody hauser too she's totally like on, on my kind of like very excited for what she does next year Watch. she's very good um and finally of the books that i read that you didn't uh department h aka depth Issue number 19 by Matt Kint and Charlene Kint, in which uh, Matt reveals that this is going to be a 24-issue series. Um, this is the Underwater Mystery series that was um, written and drawn by Matt Kint with um, beautiful color, watercolours by, by his wife, Charlene. Um, and uh, we are, yeah, we're, we're kind of, aren't really, we're not really any more sure of who may have killed her father than we are when this book started. Mm. Or, however, there's a lot of other people are dead. So there's definitely maybe there's less people that could. Oh, actually, that doesn't really rule them out as suspects. Mm. And she certainly doesn't. She says as much. She doesn't trust anybody. Great. She's uh, stuck underwater with it. Not only has she like you know been uh, basically like it, it, her uh, her investigation was completely turned to shit, and so was the station that she was uh, looking into. And now it's just this fucking mess that she, that, that she and all the other characters in. And we've got five issues to solve it. Woo! Fun. Great. It's not fun. It's just, it, it's, it's beautiful, but it ain't yeah. fun. Um, let's talk about Magnus, issue number five, um, through Dynamite, written by Kyle Higgins and Jorge Fornes. This is the final issue of this mini series, tying into the Sovereigns line of books that Dynamite are doing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, featured a great Doctor Spectre backup. Mm. But oh, this, so good. This ended really, really well. Absolutely, like the next arc of this is going to be so fun. Uh, so it was like an investigation into like where basically where where the AI of robots goes when they aren't working as slaves for humans. Yeah. And uh, Magnus is able to She's upload She's a human who's mind. able to go into it. 
that and, yeah land. and uh like basically she stops a war from mm-hmm. happening between the robots and the humans or does she probably not but uh she pauses it <laughs> yeah that's right it, it, i thought this was a really really fun book if Absolutely. you liked tom king's vision book it's a great little companion piece very very different but i feel but like dealing with sort of the issues of artificial intelligence and with all the seriousness like that. that his vision run did absolutely um, it's really really good it's really good fun the, the kind of best thing to come out of this uh sovereign stuff besides the dr specter backup stuff which this better get its own book i'm now like i yeah. thought we would have seen it coming up please soon, but please guys, get a dr. Book with that absolutely but all the sovereign it? stuff is so good like the turok book so good yeah that comes out next week issue number I three love it. um yeah I, I just really hope we get a dr specter book very soon um because the art I love it, but I, who's it by? It's by... Aubrey Citizen. Oh, cool. Uh, art by Dylan Burnett. Colors by Triona Farrell. Yeah, cool. Very, very awesome. Yeah, real Give good. Aubrey. Oh, check out, check out what's... The, that's a, it's actually an entirely female team. Uh, oh, maybe. Really? Dil- oh, Dylan. Uh, Those names are very gender neutral. Tr- Triona. Triona's definitely a girl. Oh, name. Triona's girl. Yeah. Taylor, another one or the other. You're yeah. right. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough out here. It's no Bruce. Um, or Bryce uh, Sword Quest issue 4 came out this week as well written by um, uh, Chad, Chad Bowers, Bowers and Chris Sims um, with art by Ghost Rider X and uh, this is the second last issue of, of this at least uh, this kind of story within this series um, in which uh, a, uh, a man who has cancer decides to track down a sword that was to be given away with a real life competition uh, from an uh, old Atari game that he played while growing up and most of it is based on fact, mm-hmm. but the story obviously doesn't. Yeah. Uh, the, the sword is linked to a, you know, an actual fantasy world that that has uh, that kind of could be suggested that that's what the game was based on. And uh, this issue finally sees him warped to that fantasy world. This is so fun. <coughs> I love this. It's one of my favorite. It's my big surprises of the year. Yeah, it's a really like it is a really silly, fun book with like quite serious themes but then there's like this really hilarious maniacal villain yeah um who's excellent definitely really really good yeah there's a lot to love about this book the art by ghost rider x is really really great definitely has like notes of david ayer's work on um on hawkeye i wonder if ghost rider x is someone that like i did say what i did look up what his name is and said and said it in the past it's someone Uh. that's worked with these writers in the past but i don't know for whatever reason he can't I, i can't remember what it is but uh he's good yeah, he's good. I like it. That's good work. Um, so we've got one more issue of this. I guess we can go into depth then, but definitely want to look out for in trade, along with Magnus as well. Agreed. Two, two very cool surprises that uh, that came out this year. Yep. Siobhan, we did it. We reviewed all of those books. Woo! Um, and uh, all that is left for us to do is to let you know what other books we are going to have to read next week. <laughs> um, a little guide to the ones I'm looking forward to the most. Um, we get the aforementioned Black Crown Quarterly with that Frank oh, yeah. Quietly cover. Great. Definitely won't let my feelings towards uh, kid... Lobotomy, Lobotomy. Put, put down that book at all. Um, we also get another anthology from DC called the DC House of Horror, which is going to be a Ooh, Halloween anthology. Fun. <clears throat> it's Halloween next week. Uh, speaking of Halloween, we get the Goosebumps Monsters at Midnight series starts. Ooh. At, um, either IDW or, or Dynamite, one of, the, one of the ones who would totally buy that. Um, yeah. Jughead The Hunger. Yes. was a one-shot that came out a while ago about Jughead as a werewolf. And um, Betty as a werewolf hunter. From a long line of werewolf hunters. Um, so cool. And we are, that is now being spun out into its own series called Jughead the Hunger. Number one comes out next week. Everyone should definitely check it out. Definitely. Um, we mentioned Matt Kint and we mentioned Valiant in this episode. And uh, next week, Matt Kint's Eternity starts. Oh, that looks so good. The next book that he and Trevor Hairsign, who gave us the series. There's three. There were three of them. Divinity. 
Desperate Divinity series. So this is the next thing those two are working on together. Definitely uh, check that one out too. <clears throat> um, we get um, a new Thor series called Thor Where Walk the Frost Giants, huh. which seems like a kind of like fun, simplified kind of Thor featuring the Thor that we see in the movies. Huh. <clears throat> um, and then we also get Underwinter, A Field of Feathers, number one. Oh-hoo. The next book by uh, Ray Fawkes in his Underwinter series about a, uh, well, at least the first series is mm. about a string quartet who had to play music for a creepy monster yep <clears throat> really really cool and weird mm. um we get some final issues of some series that we've really enjoyed we get victor laval's destroyer issue number six yes please <laughs> um we get um silver Sur- surfer 14 um from marvel the finale of uh dan slot and mike Ulred's very very good run oh. um we also get the last issue of jeff lemire's um thanos great before it that's gets been really good. donny kate is taking over that one too but we get his last i think it might be his last thing at marvel too mm. so uh look forward to that one too we get the finale of mother panic oh. by jody hauser um and john paul leon um but apparently all the young animal books are coming back for some big crossover event next year i'm worried mm. because they're not being written and drawn by the regular creative teams right, which is okay. fucking sus mm. and disappointing but I'm hoping after, shortly after that, then, then, then we get some uh, announcement of what's going to happen after that. Um, from Marvel Legacy, we get um, new legacy titles from uh, America. We get uh, Captain Marvel and we get Black Panther. Um, and then uh, we get uh, some cool looking graphic novels, one called Fuchi Perf, which uh, is a, a book by someone called Kevin Sapp, huh. um, which lo- just looks right up our alley. It's about like a... What if the future began in a small queer punk music show in the basement of a Cleveland, Ohio house? Great. Sounds fun. Real fun. Went to it. Um, and uh, then we get some second issues of some books that we liked. We are like uh, Dark Ark number two comes out. Oh, hilarious. Um, Angelic number two. The um, Oh, yep. By what's his Sysburia. name? That's right. Sysburia, <coughs> Angel Monkey thing. Yep. Um, and also Big Trouble in Little China, Old Man Jack, which was Great. a surprisingly fun book that we read this week. Uh, and what else? Oh, yeah, some things that collected in trade that we really like. Shaolin Cowboy, Who'll Stop the Rain is finally correct collected in trade. You buy, it. buy it. It's one of the m- most incredibly looking books you'll find this year. Yep. Um, and The Goddamned Overside, Oversized oh, yes. Hardcover by um, Jason Aaron and uh, R.M. Guerra. Both books will make you feel kind of disgusting, but in a really good way. Hell yeah. That's kind of what we're hoping to do with every episode of Series <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this one and uh, are feeling suitably disgusting after listening to it. Uh, if you would like to share your disgust, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast to discuss the episode or discuss other episodes of both this show and other Planet Broadcasting shows at facebook.com slash group slash Planet Broadcasting, the new Planet Broadcasting Facebook group. Mm. Go join it. There's heaps of cool, serious issues people in there yep. and other hosts of other broadcasting shows conversing and laughing and crying. It's good. And being disgusting. Yeah. Uh, we are on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CVG at LevDog. Um, and you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash serious issues podcast is how you can do that. And uh, we'll be recording a bonus episode next week, maybe. Oh, yeah. About the graphic novels we've read in the last month. Yeah, I'm reading some good ones this week. How exciting. Me too. Mm. Although, I'm just going to talk about Super Mario Odyssey next Monday. Maybe I won't do next Monday. We'll do it at some point. We'll do it soon. We're going to be deep, deep in the Mushroom Kingdom. Ah, yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts, 
One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevens.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.